The following opinions expressed in this program are that of Noah Waterman and do not reflect those of any other organ. Guys, guys, that that can't be right. Can, can we try that again? The following opinions expressed in this program are that of Noah Waterman, his guests, his parents, your parents, your uncle, your auntie, your fourth grade teacher, that guy that brings his iguana to the park, the state of Mississippi, the Brian Setzer Orchestra, three babies in a trench coat, you, yes, you, in the red and blue striped polo. This is the best game of all time. Have you ever had that game, that one game that you you bring up to your friends who are also gamers, the people in your life who you've shared your favorite gaming memories with, you bring it up and they have no clue what you're talking about. Friends and folks, welcome to Kaiju Lounge and welcome to the best game of all time the monthly podcast where we rate, rank, and review every game ever made. And today's theme is an interesting one. So we have the guys back, the wonderful guys, Michael Petricelli, Patrick Malloy, Louis Thomas, and myself. We are all back together uh, with a bit of a grab bag. See, I gave these guys a prompt, and my prompt was, did, did I make this up? I, I both made up the prompt, but also that is the prompt. That question of, did I make this up? Was this, is this game that I'm remembering a fever dream? And it's created some very interesting outcomes. We have a very wide gamut of games that tried a lot, but either didn't break their way into the market or were confusing or just weren't memorable enough. The game that like had just interesting enough cover art that you remember it in Blockbuster, but you don't. You don't recall ever renting it. That's what we got here. We'll go into it in the episode. I myself uh, have very strong memories tied to a Super Nintendo game called Plock. Uh, Michael Petricelli brought in Fighter's Destiny. Louis Thomas brought in Daydreamin' Davy. And Pat, well, we get into that in the episode. It's it's very interesting situation we have here. So. I'm not going to go ahead and delay this any longer. It's your first time listening to the podcast. Please sure to give us a follow. We go ahead and play various games and rate them from 0 to 10 with a score we can only use once. The idea is there has to be a best game of all time. So as long as this podcast goes on, we are continually rating these games in comparison to each other, to previous episodes games, and this ever-growing list. That's a pretty big deal. So I'm not going to delay it. We've got so much to get into. A bunch of games on today's episode. Give it a listen. And please, please enjoy with an open heart, open mind, and an open soul. I'll put in Legend of Zelda so far down the list. Philistines. Is that, is that, 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 that hurts you? <laughs> it's, I, I get that. I get that OG NES Zelda is is a little tough. That's Actually, I, I feel like if you played it like twenty, if you play, if you've beaten it twenty to thirty times, it's probably a great game because you already I haven't know beaten it that many times. But I do know where a lot of the stuff is, at least in the in the first quest. 
you want to talk about Philistines putting Hyperstone Heist so low on the list? That is Hateful. correct. Have you played Hyperstone Heist recently? Because it is. Uh, I played Hyperstone Heist all the fucking time. I, I, it's a pale shadow yeah, of Turtles in Time. Yeah. <laughs> I got my Wordle in, I got Hyperstone Heist in. Yes. That was I mean, it. I, I think that's that actually good. a pretty fair placement for it. I, 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 I talked about that on the episode. Like, I don't think it's actually bad, but based on all these other games, I think it's exactly in the placement it needs to be. It's also cool. weird because it's, it is kind of wearing the skin of Turtles in Time, but it's it doesn't feel the same. It doesn't have, like, your attacks don't have the same impact. It's just, like, kind of off. And Genesis is usually really good at, like, arcade um, experiences. So, yeah, I don't know. Well, I, I'll definitely be wanting to get everyone's opinions on how the list has shaped out since. It's because some I mean, things have moved around. Given some people uh, might uh, be upset how, how <laughs> Symphony of Night is barely hanging on to the top ten. That backfired to me heavy. <laughs> uh, but before we get into all that, and and you know what I have to face every morning when I wake up, friends and folks. Welcome to the best game of all time, the only show that dares to do the uncertain, the uncommon, nay, dare I say, the unlikely task of reviewing, rating, and ranking every game ever made. I'm your boss, Monster Noah Waterman, and this month's episode, we're doing things a little bit differently. Uh, but before we get into that, uh, go ahead, grab your whiskey in a jar, because we are running back. I'm in a cold sweat, since tonight there's going to be a jailbreak, and I'll be dancing in the moonlight when it's all said and done. Don't believe a word anyone else says. This will be a wild one. And if that wasn't enough Thin Lizzy references, this is the most important one I could okay. possibly say. The boys are back in town. Welcome back. Louie, where's my flag? Thomas, whoop, whoop. Patrick, two-point knockout Malloy, and Michael, daydreaming Petricelli, guys. Welcome <laughs> <That's> back. Accurate. <laughs> <laughs> Good to be here. I was actually, you know, before we jumped on uh, to record this episode, I was like, I think the last thing you had us on for were for what a lot of people might consider to be two of the greatest games made within like the past five years, and now we're going to do something completely different. <laughs> something completely the same. <laughs> right. we're fighting for the top. I, I, I like. One. I like to think that Plock is the Elden Ring of the Super Nintendo. To be honest. <laughs> as we mentioned, and as we're kind of alluding to now, this month's collection of games is a little different. Often we'll do a collection of games, and it is a theme based on a franchise or a similar gameplay style. This time, I gave our group a prompt, something I referred to as, did I make this up? The idea was to pull a game each of us remember that no one else seems to recall existing. It's an interesting prop that has yielded a, a variety of results. I chose the uh, well-regarded platformer, but barely even a footnote in the Super Nintendo history block. Michael pulled what might be the best 3D fighting game for the N64, which is kind of like being the smartest kid in fifth grade, Fighter's mm -hmm. Destiny. And Louie, well, Louie pulled a Louie and picked Daydream and Davey. Uh, and now I know what you're thinking. Noah, aren't there four of you? Do you not trust Patrick's opinion? And the well, truth well, is we don't, but actually <laughs> Patrick picked a game that I found so fascinating that I think it deserves its own episode. So there will be a part two of this theme it will be discussed another time right now we need to get into our segment get to know your panel get to know your panel is a segment that helps you warm up to the guests on the show this could be a question for everyone or just an individual but this particular question is for patrick and petro guys 
You recently, as far as this recording, relaunched your podcast, Replay Value, a show all about the positive influence gaming has had on our lives. But in honor of one particular game on today's docket that uh, another person brought up, we're not going to name names, we're not going to place blame on anybody. Uh, are there any games out there that have put a negative impact on your life? A uh, bad memory or something so awful that maybe all this digital entertainment isn't even worth it. Again, I, I don't want to say what it's inspired by. I can definitely crack that one out real quick to let Petro think for a minute. Yeah, I remember ahead. having a full on like hyperventilated cry, like sobbing session playing a game that I genuinely like called Primal Rage. But <laughs> if I you did not played, expect that. If you <laughs> played like really as, by the story. <laughs> yeah, if you played as um, I forget her name right now, but she was the character that was like a snake-like character that could whip across the screen. Vertigo. You could basically, Vertigo. Yeah, you could spam a move, which was the little tail whip, the low tail whip. That if you couldn't jump out of the way, basically you could juggle for the whole game and just die. And our mutual friend, the officiant of my wedding, Daniel Everhart, <laughs> uh, D Block, uh, learned that pretty quick on. And fucking anytime <laughs> he would come over, we would play that game, and he would just spam that move. <laughs> And one time I broke. I like full on couldn't breathe, panic attack, cried because Daniel would not let me like get a move in edgewise playing as Vertigo. I think I was Talon because that was my favorite character because he looked like the Velociraptors in Jurassic Park. But yeah, no, it really, really scarred me. I'm pretty sure I just didn't want to play Genesis anytime Daniel came over after that. I was and... gonna say, why did you play that game more than once with him? <laughs> he wanted to. Like you it's that whole thing when you have a guest over and you're the one with the console that they don't have. You know, I've actually brought this up recently, but it's that mentality of like, well, you could play it anytime you like. So that's you know, yeah. And even trying to be vertigo and fighting back in the same dirty way never worked for me. It just <laughs> Is it because you couldn't yeah. pull off the move as well, or you had too much integrity to use such a, a, cheap, a cheap strategy? No, it definitely wasn't integrity. Nothing about <laughs> me is ever integrity. Um, no, I just he just normally got it in quick. Like it just you get, you hit him once, you can juggle him for a really long time, and he just got there. There's probably a way to break it. I wasn't very bright with fighting games, which we can talk about later today as well. But yeah, <laughs> that was that's a that's a memory that scarred me. So, <laughs> all right, Petro. Um, I'll, I'll pick one memory. So I, I grew up, uh, with an older brother, which meant that I spent, uh, just as much time, if not more watching video games be played as I did actually playing them. It's just kind of how things, uh, went down. Uh, and I was fine with it. It's probably why I like watching let's plays now, but, uh, my brother was playing, we were really into Mega Man, uh, and my brother was playing Mega Man three. And I was very excited because he had gotten all the way to the final boss. Um, but what we didn't know was that only a select like one or two of Mega Man's special weapons actually works on the final boss. And it's kind of hard to even get yourself into a position to hit it. And needless to say, my brother couldn't figure out how to hurt the final boss and ran out of lives. And I cried. I like broke down crying. <laughs> my mom saw that and said, too, you're getting too emotionally attached to this. It's time to maybe you're not allowed to play video games for a while yeah so she we got we got banned from playing games for like a week or so uh because i was too caught up in my brother's inability to defeat dr wiley for the third time so that's my that is my uh tragic memory heartbreaking from, from tales you know just for fun louie do you have any 
Um, <clears throat> I feel like you had such such a, a wide eclect, uh, eclectic well, I think I, I know collection of games. <laughs> um, oh, oh, okay, actually, that's fair. I was about to be like, no, because like I've played a lot of trash and I've like <laughs> gaslit myself into loving all of it. <laughs> um, but no, I think to Patrick's point, the keeper of all of my childhood secrets. Um, I had a copy of uh, Goonies two on the uh, the regular <laughs> Nintendo. No, game's tough. Um, and actually, I'll, when we when we discuss Daydream and Davy, I'll actually get into some of why I ever played that game in the first place. Um, but I just inherited a bunch of games like that I didn't have a like, context for, like as a child. And I never watched the original Goonies. Um, not that it would have helped you in the game anyway. <laughs> yeah, right. But like, um, uh, but uh, but what's her name? Uh, the the mama. Of, uh, oh, is it Mama? Cass? Am I, am I, is that, no. Mama Fratelli. Mama Fratelli. Uh, I'm thinking like Boss Cass yeah, from uh, yeah. Tyler's <laughs> Tiger. I don't know why. <laughs> but um, like she was like the game over screen in that game, which like it was a hard ass early rare game. You got the game over screen like pretty often. And like I would wake up early um, on like uh, weekend mornings. I, I'd be like the first one up because I just like wanted to play video games so bad. So I'd like be downstairs playing by myself and then this very like rough looking woman like pixelated woman <laughs> would come up and told you like that you lost the game and that like terrified me um like as a kid um in a confusing way where patrick still continued to play primal rage i would still play this goonies game knowing that i wasn't going to beat it and that i was going to get like upset when i reached the game over screen um yeah i, I, I do kind of remember thinking that like that screen equated to character death like it implied that that woman kills the child yeah. you're playing yeah. as. Yeah. The mob kills like, you Yeah, remember it bothered yeah. me too. I don't know yeah. why. Yeah, yeah, that one, that like shook me to my core in a way where like I could register playing the game as a child and be like, I'm not liking this experience. Like, I, <laughs> like, I don't like the way I feel, but I'm still doing it, so. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll say, I'll share mine in the interest of fairness as well here. I, uh, it's also a Mega Man related one, much like Tro's, <laughs> in that we, uh, it was me, my brother, his friend, and his friend's sister were over, and uh, my brother was playing through Mega Man X. And, like, for the first time in a very long time, was finally at the last boss making headway to face, the, like, the three levels of Sigma that you do. Yeah, that last boss uh, is notoriously tough in that game, tough too. Tough shit. Uh, and we're playing it, and, like, he's so close, and... You know, uh, his friend's sister was like, oh, but can we do something else? Like, I'm so bored. Can we do something else? And like, I kind of say, like, yeah, we, and I'm the oldest. Everyone else is three, four years younger than me. And as a kid, that that's a bigger difference than it is now. Uh, and I'm like, okay, yeah, no, no, sure. Yes, let, we just want to beat this. We're so close. Once he's beaten the boss, we can do something else. Uh, and after probably a half hour or something, he finally does it. And before the end credits can roll, his sister's friend walks up, cuts the system off, says, all right, let's do something else. And the three of us, myself included, just begin yelling and screaming at her to the point of making her cry. Uh, something that I am to this day still incredibly ashamed that I did. Uh, and it's not a bad memory to me. It is me inflicting it onto somebody else, which I think drives me even more insane and hurts me more to my core. Um, so and yeah, that's definitely even at that age, it maybe took five minutes to be like, oh, I'm being yelled at by my mom. I did something fucking awful because I was too obsessed with this game that in the entire time I lived with my parents, never then beat again. No one in my family. <laughs> so we did truly miss out on the authentic ending to Mega Man X. Uh, bad for everybody. So 
on that negative note, let's get into some Ooh. positives like these three games. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yes. Lots of positives to, to uh, go over here. And, and and I'll kick it off with the one that I brought to the table, which is Clock. Clock is an SNES side-scrolling platformer developed by Software Creations and published in 1993 by Tradewest in North America, Activision in Japan, and get this, Nintendo in Europe. More on that shortly. Originally created for the late 1980s as an arcade game called Flea Pit by John and Ste Pickford, not Stu, S-T-E, Ste, but I don't even know if I'm pronouncing that right. It follows a colorful hooded character who shoots out his arms and legs to attack enemies a la Rayman on his home island of acrylic where he attempts to rid his home of the dreaded fleas. The game itself was fairly well lauded by critics and industry professionals, including David Weiss, who claimed his work on Donkey Kong is partly inspired by the soundtrack, and Shigeru Miyamoto himself, who tried an early version of this game and wanted a hand in shaping it, claiming it to be the third best platform game below Sonic and Mario. There's a lot of interesting stuff here. The, the sort of hidden history behind Plock of it being well-liked, but then still nobody knowing it exists, uh, I think was partially due to the slew of mascot-related platformers of the era. It was released around the same time as, like, Bubsy and Arrow the Acrobat and Kid Clown and, like, everything else that was out there. And the fact that despite Nintendo loving the game, they only published it in Europe because in the U.S. it seems as though they were already ready to release Super Mario Brothers 2 Yoshi's Island. Uh, guys, what did you think about Plock? There were a lot of things that I really liked about Plock. There were a lot more things that I really wanted to like about Plock. And then there were probably an equal amount of things that I really hated about Plock. <laughs> um, as a game that I think maybe had I played it at the time would have been like super interesting. But like playing it now, I was like, I don't have the time for some of this <laughs> um, anymore. And the patience like, uh, for others. Right, right. Um, and I mean, and like truthfully, because I couldn't couldn't do the Aladdin thing of just like putting in like passwords and like skipping through some of the levels that were like really frustrating me. I didn't get as far out as I wanted to in the game, but like looking at some videos of like what happens later on, it seems like the game gets a lot more fun. <laughs> like yeah. uh, like later on in it, like there are a lot of like vehicles that like you can do and like sort of like oh. Battletoad style where it seems like the gameplay almost switches up from a lot of what it fundamentally is at the earlier part of the game and i was like i wish they would have paced this a little bit better because um yeah because it's like i would have liked to have gotten to that point but um I, i'll let other people jump in with generalized opinions but there were a lot of things that i found really tough um about the gameplay that like i just didn't want to continue on with. <laughs> yeah. it is it is a notoriously hard game I, I will say at the time looking at reviews of this game when it was released like that was probably what it got hit by the most was it's overly punishing gameplay. Uh, Louis, how far did you get before we go on other people? Uh, like just naturally. Um, I a, a couple of levels in. I can't. Um, uh, I can't remember like which which. Did you get past the first the first boss the the Bobbin Brothers? N you know, no, no, I, I did. That was that yeah. was about where I got. I was just. 
I mean, the idea of a boss was like daunting when like those fleas just like have so many like hit points. Built yeah. Into okay, so you, so you, so you, but, you did get past oh, the first boss. Oh, the fleas oh, was come that, in was that, the Bobbin brothers are the mouth are the are the jumping mouth guys? Oh, oh, okay, yes, yes, I did, I did do that then. Um, right, okay, but yeah, the flea, the fleas themselves is like, like, yeah, it takes a couple of fucking hits to. Well, I think it's actually three hits, but they have like an invisible invert bunt and the hit speak invulnerability window after each hit that you have to like wait and then yeah, come back to are, it. Are they the main character? Like they're not allowed to have that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh Pat or Petro, what do you guys think? Uh I'll jump in. I was really fucking bad at this game. Like <laughs> I uh, man, I made it through the first three or four stages. I suffered immensely and then I ended up switching over to watch some playthrough because I was like if I don't get exposed to this game's later levels and, like, other mechanics through some means, I'll have nothing to talk about other than how much <laughs> I sucked at this. Like, literally, even the jumping mechanism of, like, getting over rolling barrels kept fucking with me. Um, so, yeah, no, I had a really hard time. Uh, I love the art style. Like, I liked the, the music and stuff like that. I, it gave me, a um, like, a Bubsy type of feel, if anybody ever played Bubsy mm. back oh, yeah. in the yeah. day. Uh, it's like silly, yeah. Really, honestly, as soon as I even looked at the cover of it, I was like, "Well, this is a Noah game." The, <laughs> the like demon troll character ogre on the front cover, I was like, "That is a hundred percent your aesthetic." So, <laughs> yeah, hey, I mean, that it was, it was definitely one of those games that like I never owned it, but it was, it was a blockbuster rental when like the games I wanted weren't there. So I ended up renting it a lot because if things were sold out, I was like. Well, let me let me continue power through another round of plock, and I'd be yeah. happy with it. Was plock uh, always like four deep on the shelf? Like there were there were multiple <laughs> yeah, yeah, boxes really behind move things that around. Box. Yeah, no, but yeah, so that was my experience. All right, Petro. Uh, yeah, I, I Louis phrase used a phrase where he said he wanted to like uh, a lot of things about this game, and that's kind of how I felt about it after i also only got to like the second world um and i i messed up i didn't uh i didn't watch future gameplay videos but it sounds like they at least start to play around more with some of the mechanics which you see a little of in world two where you like put your arm in the thing that causes the ledge to to come down or whatever uh but it's I, I can see why this game was so exciting as like a pitch and a prototype to a lot of game design people because of its aesthetic and because of all the interesting ideas that they put forward. But it's just it's just not very fun. I just didn't have a lot of fun <laughs> doing the platforming. I think it, it suffers from uh, a similar problem to me that the Genesis Aladdin had, which is the camera is zoomed in a little too far. Um, yeah, so yeah. I felt like I just couldn't see where I was jumping half the time. Um, yeah, you're you're a little too big. It's doing things like jumping there are a over lot barrels of, a is lot harder of blind than it jumps in this one too yeah. yeah i mean it's it's just a game full of interesting ideas and aesthetic that uh, and you know that that kind of like 90s that 90s line of like goofy slash unsettling that i, I feel like a lot of our cartoons <laughs> and things had in them uh this game really captures uh yeah i just wish it felt better to play i i, I just i i really wanted to see more of it but i just wasn't having fun and ultimately if i'm playing a game and i'm not having fun then i i eventually i'll want to put it down yeah i think i think it's i think it's a bit of a product of its time right like i think you know talk about being well loved like you think about platformers really for the most part there were thousands coming out of the time right 
Sonic made headway for being a viable contender against Mario, even though the Sonic one isn't all that great. Uh, no. Mario basically was the king of it. And then you look at the rest of the 16-bit era, it's like until you get Donkey Kong, which this came out prior to it, do you have any other really good platformers? Like Bubsy is notoriously awful. Yeah, Bubsy's uh, not good. I also don't think like Arrow the Acrobat is really all that possible to control. I've never, I've never been a fan one. of that one. Um like, there's just there's a ton here and there, and mm. you know, Alex Kidd is a little feels always felt a little sloppy to me. It's just like there's oh not Alex Kidd, uh, Kid Chameleon. Kid Chameleon's what I think was always it felt a little mm. clunky. Um Blues Brothers even, 2000 was pretty good. Blue, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, I did have that Blues Brothers Super Nintendo game. It was better than um, it should have been. So oh, Gunstar yeah, I, Heroes. Gunstar Heroes was Gunstar Heroes. Yeah. I mean, Gunstar Heroes oh, Gunstar is a little more of like a shooter, but uh, but it's I mean, it's also a great game. Yeah. Right. So like, I think I think this game did have a lot of really fun ideas, I, and I'm trying to separate myself from the nostalgia of it. Right. Like, it's uh, I I definitely had fun revisiting this until it just got too hard uh i got i want to say three bosses in i got mm. or maybe four even i got to these weird uh i think they're called pequinos they were just like these these weird magical creatures and top hats that expanded and deflated in the air and you had to like punch something to shoot a spike out and knock them down uh to hit them it, it it was weird. It was nigh impossible because there were five of them and they were all dropping shit on you at the same time. Um, and that took, you, that took too fucking long to do. <laughs> did you get to the point where everything's in black and white? And, yes. So, okay, so and what is the I reason for that? that? <laughs> yeah. So, and, and this is why actually I, I was hoping people would get to play a little game oh. a little more because it starts in, it starts playing with the medium a little bit because mm. your character comes back uh, from the island I think there's a. I think he like gets home, and it's like, oh, my amulet's gone. There's a search, can't find it. He falls asleep and dreams of his grandpappy Plock. So you're actually playing a Plock with a big white mustache, in like an old timey. Even even the mm. opening like name of the levels has that old timey like, you know, talkies or a, a oh, silent like picture silent style. Mm. Uh, you know, intros and outros to everything. Like it really plays, and that's why it's in black and white. Uh. And so doing it, doing stuff like that, giving you like it gives you some abilities later on. Yeah, the unlocking the very the, the entire last world, I believe, is just each one's a different vehicle you're flying around in. And yeah, then even one of like look like something we could throw like grenades out the side yeah. of it or something like that. <laughs> and then and then even like uh the even like the the various power ups you get of the presence of like having the blunderbuss or the boxer or what have you. It's a lot of really interesting ideas. It also feels disconnected. Like, it feels like someone just had a shit ton of ideas and they found a way to cram them all into the game. Uh, I don't think any of them were executed poorly other than just how hard this fucking game is. But they're, they know they don't all feel like the same game. Like, the cute aesthetic, mm -hmm. I don't know if it works with running around with a gun. It just seems weird. And why am I why am I now able to shoot like collect beehives and shoot bees out at people? Uh, uh, and they keep adding mechanics that I didn't even know existed until I looked at it afterwards that might have made things easier. Like the amulet allows you to collect the shells 
which you can then shoot out. And I had no idea until after I was done playing, reviewing this game. It's like, I don't even remember this in the booklet. Like, I don't think I did this as a kid. I think it just does these things and doesn't tell you what it's added. Uh, it feels not as polished now as it probably did at the time. But you guys reflect that, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. So, what, let's let's go through, like, what was one thing you liked and one thing you didn't? Like, there's, I mean, obviously, there were a lot of things on both sides. Uh, there are a lot of good people on both sides. I get it. <laughs> but what was what was one person you one thing you liked and one thing you didn't about this game? Oh, I'll go first. Yeah, I I like the I like the aesthetic, the sound, like the whole vibe of the game was nice. Um, maybe the HUD was a little ugly and overcrowded but like overall in general it was like a pretty good feel to it and what i did not like was the difficulty i i really i don't know if it was the emulator it's just that i am getting old and not as lightning fast with my no. reflexes but i could not like get into a good groove with the game it's 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 just the game is just hard i think it's, it's i think it was made overly hard at a time where it didn't need to be cool yeah that's me uh, yeah, I'll, I'll go next. Um, I, I think the, I mean, I, I hate to kind of just reiterate some of what Pat said, but I think my favorite thing about this game really is like the art style and the, just the the sheer weird, like I said before, combination of goofy and unsettling that a lot of like that, that first boss, those two mouth guys, which is, <laughs> ugh, ugh, I just don't like, I didn't like their, I didn't like their vibe at all. Uh, but but it was neat and 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 I certainly haven't seen anything like it before and it was easier to read than I think the last game I gave that description to which was Nights into Dreams where it was just crazy looking and also incomprehensible um this at least it felt like it was operating on some kind of logic but I I just didn't know what that logic was half the time um which kind of ties into my complaint which I said before is just kind of the game feel just the the general feeling of doing the platforming in that game and it's a shame that it sounds like they have so many inventive ideas that come in as you get further along but a game's got to hook me with its you know base level mechanics to to keep me wanting to to play more and i i think it's just it was designed to be too punishing and just not satisfying enough to play to offset that all right louie um i mean i guess kind of the same compliment a little bit differently like i think um no you were talking about this idea of like how like it felt like it was doing a lot of different things like every world none of it really comes together and it's something i don't understand in platformers especially platformers of that era why they didn't do that sort of thing more often like almost all of them always had an idea of like a world where like your protagonist like goes to sleep right and then enters a dream world and it's the one time where things are like really zany and it's like you could you could be doing this at any point in the time entire time right yeah. like it doesn't always just have to be like a forest in different seasons or whatever the background <laughs> is right that like changes up and so like i really appreciate that they that they did you know like even if it's just the art graphics are different the fact that it looked like a different thing all the time feels like something that more games like should have been attempting to do and like i think that that's like that's really cool. There's, there's, I don't know. It's, it's animation. There's no reason that you can't be outside of, I guess, a certain level of like laziness. Um, like, yeah, <laughs> like, like wouldn't want to like play around with like ideas like that. So like, that's cool. You know, even if it ends up being a little disjointed or disconnected, um, it like really swinging uh, every single time and giving a different thing. Um, I think, especially for back then, is uh, is pretty admirable. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, biggest complaint, uh, the, the difficulty. I'll I'll go specific and say that I do think a lot of my biggest issues with it were in the camera. It's the platforming elements. It's the logs or barrels falling from like the side and then rolling towards you that you oh, just God. do not have enough reaction time. At, so, like... at like different odd speed, like it, it yeah. relies on you to memorize it, right. not to react to it. Yes, yeah. And if it was like if things are pulled back just a little bit more, like the controls, the controls aren't like. Like, they're smooth enough that, like, if you just had a bit more response time to see what was going on, you could do the thing. Like, you know, the controls aren't a problem in that way. But it is, yeah, like, how tight it is on you makes that, like, it's, like, way too difficult. Um, and I think is, like, the core of where most of, at least for me, like, my problems in playing it were. So I want to specifically cite that as the, uh, the thing that I did not care for in it. Fair <clears> enough. I want to, before we move on to the next game, I want to drop two kind of interesting facts about this game. In that I talked a little bit about the soundtrack earlier. I think the music in this game is actually pretty good for the most part. And mm. one thing that's interesting is, you know, the, most Super Nintendo games, the sound chip was only capable of doing, like, I want to say maybe two or four measures of a song uh, at a time before having to repeat. And uh, one thing they did to get around that was do actual music samples overlaid against that to basically make a song sound like it had more measures. So the, the idea of really kind of playing a, kind of the same, the same tool used to record reuse Hadouken like dialogue was used to record music. So you can make the music sound more advanced and played mm. out, which is pretty neat. The other thing is that to this day, uh, the creators, John and Ste Pickford own the IP to Plock. Like they were able to hold on to it and keep it to the point where uh, they now have a webcomic about Plock still active <laughs> to this day. And they have a Patreon. They have kept that character alive in some small fashion, which is, I got to say, credit. I mean, to them, obviously, it's not, they're not getting the royalties in the same way that you would expect as Plock is not really well remembered. But like that didn't happen with games at all you know you those all all go to whatever publishing companies the fact they got to hold on to that is sort of an interesting little bit this this game feels like it's really begging for uh, a modern take where they get they bring in like a way forward or, or some kind of similar developer who's good with 2d cartoony graphics and and really give you know give this game another shake like i i, I wish those guys who still have the ip you know, I you can kickstart just about anything these days. I feel like there are enough people who are nostalgic enough that they might be able to get some money together um, to do I, that. I, and if they and if they work I'm in a developer check. who is I think really they good, tried and failed. Uh, I think oh, they tried oops. to get a, but but I mean, again, it's just, they just might not have the connections in the industry to right. Bring it's a shame because it. it's again, it's it's so many. It's like you put so much like you got like the best architects in the world to design like what ultimately is just a regular McDonald's. Uh, and it's it's just a it's a shame that they put so much into this and that it's both forgotten and and I think also just kind of gets in its own way in terms of really get letting you get to to what's so great and creative about it. I would love to. I, I guess I'm one of the only people, but I would love to see see a, a modern uh, re remake of of this game. No, I think I think the character design and the style is good. I think you're right. I think in the right hands. Uh, it's it, it's not the it's not the visuals. That detract from the game like you could have the same ip with different gameplay and people would probably enjoy it uh it was just i think it just got buried it got buried by literally a 
industry that was pushing crap after crap in the same vein, and people were sick of mute platformers. Two things. One, they made my favorite baseball game of all time. Ken Griffey Jr. presents Major League Baseball. Yes, that's that's true. Mm. And secondly, <laughs> they said if you want a new game to be made, they're not going to do a Kickstarter. They want people to buy the comics. They said if they sell a million comics, they'll make Pluck again. How many uh, well, comics sold are they at currently? I don't know, but I <laughs> doubt it's near a million. <laughs> well, there you have it, folks. Uh, it's a call to arms, if you will. Go ahead, play Pluck. Yeah. Figure out why you don't arms. like it. Then buy the comic book and get them to make a new one and start fresh. <laughs> um, but while, while, you're, while you're prepping uh, your adventure into the land of acrylic, we'll move on to our next game, which is Fighter's Destiny. Fighter's Destiny, or Fighter's Cup in Japan, is a 1998 3D fighting game for the N64 developed by Opus Cup and released by Ocean Software in the U.S., best known for uh, Clay Fighter and a slew of 16-bit movie game tie-ins like RoboCop, Adam's Family, and Batman. Unlike most fighting games, Victory Here is based on a point system with various moves and finishes earning you 1 to 4 points, where the first to seven points wins. With nine regular characters and five hidden characters, the game received decent reviews for its unique game modes and ideas, as well as dominance in an otherwise weak N64 fighting game lineup. Tro, you're the one who nominated this game for this subject. Let's talk about why and your memories with it. Yes, so I think a running theme with all three of these games uh is is we were they live in our memory partially because of the amount of ideas on display we talked about that a lot with block Uh, i'm going to talk about it a lot with this game whatever else i have to say about daydream and davy i also (laughs) will talk about ideas uh but it's you know the, the n64 era was one that if that's the system you owned you didn't have a lot of fighting games to play uh and as someone who grew up with arcades and and super nintendo and stuff and loved fighting games uh, that was pretty tough. There, there were a lot of droughts between releases. And this, you kind of alluded earlier to this, but this was probably the best traditional fighting game on the system, which again is is a low bar to clear, unfortunately, because it's going up against the likes of Mace the Dark Age or, or Dual Heroes or already Flying I mean, Dragon, I, 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 that I, game I, that Louis had. I do need to point out that I think, <laughs> <laughs> I think we need to exclude... Mortal Com- Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3, which was an yes. N64 game. Mortal Kombat Killer Trilogy. Instinct. Yeah. Trilogy, thank you. Killer Instinct and Smash, right? Three fighting games that uh, were good, but were part of larger franchise. Play yes. Fighter 63 and a third. You just which I about. also yeah. played a lot trashed. of as a kid. We used to rent that a lot, but I wouldn't defend that game as being any good. Uh, but yeah, Fighter Sesame, it's, it's, it was an, a surprise gift, uh, and it was a uh, just kind of a surprise in general that it was a decent fighting game with some interesting mechanics the the fact that there were extra game modes that let you essentially double each character's move set um through the the master challenges to to unlock new special moves and combos that you then saved to your n64 memory card so then you had those um those additional kind of versions of those characters and then the uh, the unlockable secrets and yeah, just the you could play around with the rules. So if you wanted to do like one point matches, you could do that. If you wanted to increase the time or or even make it, I think eight points was the maximum, so not too high above the the default. But um, but you could increase that as well. Um, and and there are just the different ways that you could do like positioning and 
uh kind of getting it's it's probably a more technical game than should have been on something like the n64 <laughs> uh which would if we talk about controls and stuff like that we can get into but uh i i I think it was worth looking at and, and it's another game that's really kind of been relegated to the dustbin of history. I'm afraid it's not, it's not really being celebrated or, or talked about. And I haven't heard of either of those developers or publishers. Uh, so sadly, I don't think it's getting resurrected anytime soon. Yeah. Ocean, uh, ocean I'm familiar with. Cause I played a lot of Adam's family for Super Nintendo as a kid. Mm. That's another like random <laughs> uh, blockbuster get that I would just rent over and over when nothing else was around. Um, yeah, I'm not sure with Opus. I don't know if Opus did much else. Uh, but Ocean also did like the Home Alone and all that. Like, honestly, weren't known for great games, though. Clay Fighter, the original Clay Fighter and stuff were were part of that. Uh, yeah, it's. It, I will say it, it was an odd developer for a fighting game, and it was odd to kind of see it. But I don't know what was a pro coming back to it after all this time after suggesting it what was it like to replay it or your memories of it now like how what were your memories of it versus how you've come in now playing it again so i still had fun with this game it's you know obviously i'm gonna have a nostalgia bent towards it uh, just because i have a lot of memories of playing it I, and also i i would i would not be fair if i said that i thought the game felt as good to play as it did back when i was a kid uh, it's definitely showing its age. I mean, obviously early 3D graphics, but it's showing its age a bit in terms of the controls. I think it's. I think the controls are very deliberate uh, and precise. And once you get your head around kind of how the combos are supposed to work and how the game reads your inputs, uh, I think you can you can do a lot in this game. And I still had a lot of fun unlocking certain characters, like new special moves and, and combos and, and stuff like that. Um, but, uh, you know, like a lot of N64 games, I would have a little bit of trouble recommending it to someone without some caveats in terms of what their gameplay experience is going to be like. But I still think it's worth checking out. All right. Pat, Louie, what do you guys think? Fighter's Destiny. Uh, I'm garbage at fighting games. However, <laughs> I could instantly see that it was like an interesting and complex game. In the sense that, like, I'm a button masher when it comes to fighting games. However, I like, I was like, let me just try. So I like looked up some of the special moves. I played as Mailing, um, and I actually got pretty good. I went through a whole round of like computer players, beat all the way to the end. Um, I was very frustrated that Ring Out was only worth one point when it seemed like one of the better <laughs> like things to do to a person. Yeah. The first time I got one, I was like, hell yeah, you're done. And then it was, um. <laughs> And yeah, like I, I just appreciated that there was there seemed to be a lot of complexity. It reminded me a lot of like Soul Calibur and um, yeah, I guess uh, Virtual Fighter, like any of the 3D ones where it was like big on moving around, big on which direction you were facing. I didn't always know why I was facing the wrong direction, but I noticed the moves are different. It like seemed to have a lot of strategy to it. So I, I, I it was fun. I thought it was really like a good time, even though fighting games are not exactly my thing. Right, Louis. Um, yeah, I think of the games we're going to talk about today, playing Fighters Destiny was one I was most like pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Um, by that said, all of the uh, pleasantly surprised by like the overall game, all of the things within Fighters Destiny that surprised me were the aspects of it that I didn't myself particularly <laughs> care for. I think similar to Patrick, like 
my one in playing a fighting game has a lot more to do with like like the like the fluidity of like a button masher razzle dazzle and like i'm not i'm not looking for like the thinking man right you uh, want you want a more fast pace right. kind you of want. Yeah, right, you're into right, like yeah, Marvel yeah, vs. Capcom more... style. Yes, yeah. exactly. Right, right, right. Exactly. Yeah, it's similar to Patrick. I was like, wait, a ring out is only like one point. I was like, oh, I'm gonna get the most points from like reversing somebody's special move. Like I'm, you know, like the like a defense oriented fighting game like isn't <laughs> like um like isn't isn't for your boy like what I want to like come in and do. But um yeah, but with that said, like it was um like to petro's point like once once i figured out like okay like this is the sort of game that it's gonna be like i didn't i didn't spend a ton a ton of time playing it but like it was easy enough to figure out like how it reads you inputting combos and like they don't make it impossible right so like to be able to do that like that's not the point of it. like it is a game where you like you can feel that okay with a bit of time like i can get better at uh at doing the right. thing which i think is really cool um also, I which character did I play? What was what was the one that? I mean, some of I some can, of the stereotypes oh. were a little. Yeah, no, oh, Ab yeah. Abdul didn't strike you as uh, as incredible. Well, yeah, so, that, that's that's the one I played. Really? I mean, he was he was one of my go to characters, so I, I get he it. He is a Mongolian that is obsessed with yeah. the Arabic culture. Yeah. So you know, it's not a stereotype; it is a different culture that's obsessed I, with another culture. I had that too, and I was sitting there going, like, why not just have an Arab fighting character. Yeah, right. I, I wonder if they obsessed with Arab culture. Right. I wonder if they came up with that design and then someone was like, "Are we sure can't this is that. okay to do?" This and they were like, "Maybe <laughs> he's just right. really into cosplaying as this right. culture, and that's why he's uh, just." It was nineteen ninety. Nobody questioned for that. Yeah, I was gonna say in I'm, fighting games, especially. Like, yeah. fighting games yeah. are the worst was, about that. There, there was something surprisingly progressive about the American character in the Tomahawk. game, right? Being, a, yeah, being a uh, despite what you think of the characterization, right? Like being like an indigenous person, yeah, that like, is true. as the as the representation of like what the American character is. I was like, that's cool. I don't you know? right. And then also professional wrestler. I was like, cool. I was like, this is this is He's... merging two different things about like what that character is a real Venn diagram. Into. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. right. <laughs> Which doesn't help with the Virtua Fighter references, as Wolf from Virtua Fighter is also a Native American mm. professional wrestler. Yeah. Well, no, but he, no, he's Canadian. He is indigenous to Canada, so never mind. So, see, totally different. Totally different. Uh, I know this is annoying to say about a game, but I, I this game really benefits from you spending some time in the training mode to yes. just to just really read like how how do your inputs work program the dummy to like attack you so that you can time like you know you can see what the timing is for like counter attacks and like yeah doing like the jump over the person's head to get the back throw like all the submission moves all the different things like it's there it, it's not friendly to button mashing at all it's it's very much like you are to i mean you can you can bash your way through it to some degree uh but there there are it's it's really interested in like you know you are pressing this button this many times right. and doing it this way and <clears throat> varying your up and low attacks and and all that stuff. Well, that, that and that goes to Louis' point of of describing it as a thinking man's fighting game because I think yes, and, and, definitely. And if you watch like Evo or a lot of fighting games at the top, people who are at the top of their field in the fighting game community, like it is very similar to that. That's that's how the top people play, but it's not how to just commonly get into it. This game from the beginning is like you this is this is chess. This is like, all right, if this per, knowing each person's move, how do I counter it and get points? The idea 
I was really into this idea of like, you know, grabs and knockouts and reversals of being different points and not just being how low can you get someone's health down? Because it, 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 it creates what you want in a lot of games, which are some of those sometimes those upset moments of like, I was down and out and I pulled off this one move and I just got the win. Um, which is great. And I would love to see this mechanic adapted to a modern fighting game. I, I, I do think in the same way that Smash has kind of changed what we think of as fighting games to be uh, versus a Street Fighter. I think there I think this could be its own kind of game that if done right could even be looked at in an esport capacity because it is based off of the sport of, you know, martial arts where we see it in at Olympic level, that same kind of point based system. Did any of you guys try the master mode where you can fight like that Joker character no. who's really difficult Fuck to no. beat? I uh, I did. I did, yeah. The Joker character is like always set to the highest difficulty setting and there's so, there is some way that you can like counter a counter where like I, I would hit him with my counter move and I would get the timing right and so he would like flip around but he would land on his feet and keep fighting and I've oh that, I did like, I did once counter a counter oh, oh did you I it I've, like, went never into the counter that. thing the little like you see the little gauge yeah. clicking down I think and yeah. I got out of it I don't know how I could never do it again <laughs> but I yeah. did win um, um, I also the counter that pissed me off the most was when they're hanging off the edge of the match like off of the edge of the the uh, arena. There's a counter that pulls you down instead mm -hmm. and counts yeah, as a throw. counter. Yeah. And it just, I, man, that one fucked me up because it's only one point. Like, I was only trying for one point. <laughs> and then for them to go and counter me, oh, God. There are some yeah, characters I would be on throws because I was more points. And yeah. It was fun. To, it was sometimes if you could get, get it, you get those moments where it's like triple, quadruple re reversals of just going back and forth. You're trying to like uh, suplex them and they flip back. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. fun. My favorite, uh, and the reason why Abdul, it's no matter what you think of his representation, was my go-to <laughs> character was because he has a, so he's got like a, a knockout move. You have, there are some moves that are just like, a, they've got a bigger wind up on them. And the, the announcer even goes like, watch out, uh, where you can knock somebody out in one hit. Um, and he's got one that's like a kind of rising uppercut type attack. But then if you press low attack as he's winding it up, he'll instead, he'll start to wind up the upper attack and then do the lower attack instead. Um, and so if you know to set up that move, where, even if you're playing against a, a real person, there's going to be a 50-50 chance on whether they block the right way because mm -hmm. they won't. there's no visual indication on your side whether he's going to go up or down until he actually does the move. So like getting through when I was when, as a kid, when I used to try to go through like the survival mode and stuff like that, where it's just like 100 one-star matches, um, like I, was, I just kept using that fake out move over and over again because the computer almost always fell for it like one way or the other. <laughs> I just had to keep mixing it up. So so this this actually points to one guy. of my problems with this game is that there are some characters in here where it's like, and maybe, I mean, it, to the surprise of absolutely no one, I started off trying to main Pierre the Clown. Yeah. Uh, yep. <laughs> and the, <laughs> and, and <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of great moves, but the problem is it's a tricky fighting style right each character has various different styles a tricky fighting style like the ideas of, of like fakes and feints only works if you're playing against a human player uh so like why am i even going to bother learning some of these moves and i think there are, there's one or two others as well that have it like why learn these moves if i can't brick in the one player mode because it's computer there's no smart enough ai to fake and faint a move against and i thought that was like 
were that I wasn't I didn't wasn't crazy. I felt like some characters were a little unbalanced in that way. Uh, I think that's fair. Did, any, did anyone I, unlock what we were gonna say? Oh well, I was just gonna say to that point. Um, it, like in playing that, I I thought about like that idea because I was curious about the the clown character because I was like, all right, no, it's obviously gonna things obviously was about. But I thought about um like the only fighting game that I really spent a ton of time with was um like uh, was Tekken three mm-hmm. um back in the day, and I think about the um what's his name like the the doctor character the old man like doctor character that you unlock that like can play upright but then can also play like on oh his yeah, back. yeah 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 uh, <laughs> and like it was like a similar sort of thing that i think they utilized a lot better like in in that game to be like like a weird like tricky style that like may even made sense against the computer um but like yeah but like i don't know, like works as in a way that it, it, Tekken 3 had like a good speed to it that I feel like this game didn't allow for like that sort of character in a in a human use to like yeah to really like make sense uh, for Dr. Baskanovich. Yes. And it also yes. reminds us Yeah, was not, not was not going to yeah, not what I would have guessed. Gonna get there. I don't think it's showed up in a Tekken game since either. Yeah. Uh, well, Tekken Tag Tournament 2. Okay. I feel like that bear character kind of fills that role now. Isn't there yeah. he plays like a bear who can also uh, like fight on his back and stuff like that? Oh, hold on. Kuma well, the also, bear, I think called. Is, well, also uh, uh Law who is like the uh Kung is, is it Law or am I I'm getting I'm getting something's getting mixed up. There's the one guy who's basically a Jackie Chan character who is a drunken fighting. So he falls on his back oh, and does stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah. Kuma yeah. does not fight on his back that I know of. Um, Kuma is the bear. Right. And it just literally means bear in Japanese. Um, Fair enough. There was, what, Valdo in Soul Calibur that fought on Valdo his back? Valdo had some crazy Oh, yeah, Valdo was like the real spindly. Yeah, he could bend over yeah. backwards and go on all fours, and then you could fight in that style. Uh, um, talk about random characters. I want to talk about this for a second, because you've got your basic, we mentioned the basic nine characters in the game, and the five secret characters. Is uh, she... Some- yeah, I'm going to get to that, right? Some of them are are to be expected, right? There is a the a quick and powerful Swiss warrior named Boro, the Russian jester esque fighter named Joker. We talked about him a little bit. Yeah, fuck Joker. Uh, the old karate a- uh, expert who is the master that you also face. Then you have the training robot from Germany, Robert. Classic. And then the fighting cow named Ushi, who's literally just an upright cow. This is an interesting era in fighting games. I think in games in general of these like weird non sequitur characters being added into games. And I think like early Tekken is a great example of like Kuma coming out of left field or Yoshimitsu being in two different games, like a cyborg or something when no one, when it doesn't match the aesthetic of anything else. I look at, I think a game like Mace uh, which was kind of brought before is another one that has like, you know, a tiny little goblin and a giant, or it's a dwarf and a giant barrel mech, uh, amongst all these other like knights and and warriors and stuff like that. Uh, even games like Tony Hawk, when you would have like Santa or the NeverSoft Eyeball or Darth mm-hmm. Maul, like really shoehorning random characters into games. And things that just kind of feel like they don't belong for the sake of that joke. What are your guys' thoughts on that? I remember that always kind of like being funny, but also kind of putting me off a little bit. Be like, I'd be just oh. kind of confused by it. 
complete opposite. First of all, you miss Gon in Tekken also, the weird yeah. little tiny raptor. Being the weird character was my fucking shit. If I could learn how to play an awful character that nobody picked that looked weird, that was my entire, like, that was my whole plan. I played as Kuma all the time oh, in Tekken. I would say agreed. I'd say weird, like, you know, Blanca in Street Fighter or Voldo in uh, Soul Calibur, like, still makes sense in the world of oh, the yeah, game. No. Less it right? makes sense, the better. <laughs> <laughs> also, there was basically a training dummy in every fighting game that you could eventually right. play as. Like, that, yes. I feel like, was a staple of the series of, like, almost all of them. No, and I mean, I, I used to try to track down the, like, secret fake most of the time Mortal Kombat characters that you could unlock, because I was like, if I can play something stupid that people hate, I'm in. Right. Petro or Louie, didn't mean to cut you off if I no, that's got okay. too excited. Yes, yeah, I mean, it was very much a 90s thing. I always think of, like, NBA hang time and, and games like that, too, always had, like, goofy, unlockable, or, like, you know pop culture of the moments type type uh, characters. My favorite team was to play as Bill and Hillary Clinton because I was <laughs> yeah. a patriot as a child. Yes. <laughs> yes. Then you, why'd you play you as Bill and to, Hillary? Brooke. You learned to play with uh you learned to play with one hand because you couldn't stop saluting the flag as, as you played. Right, that's why he learned to play with one hand. Yeah. <laughs> no, he liked Bill's uh, style on the court. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Well, the other hand was ordering the strikes on Ben Don't air them. We were going to get there eventually. <laughs> That's actually what happens when you beat all of NBA Jam. <laughs> Someone finally got to the end in 2015 or whatever. That's that's what happened. Um, yeah, but that, I, I mean, that's, you know, it, it's, it's a weird product of its time. I, I think in terms of how individual games handle it i guess it's just is it a fun character to play as or is it just a kind of dumb novelty um and i think i think that i like the cow character in fighter's destiny uh so i i fall on the side of more favorable in, in that regard but it's you know people have different appetites for that sort of thing yeah yeah i think it was it could definitely be used as a crutch in like uh in certain things like i think it's i think it's fun when like even if the character themselves doesn't make sense, like, right, obviously a lot of times, like, the the secret characters, like, like NBA Jam or Hang Time's, like, a good example of, like, the characters being, like, extreme, like, their stats, you know, like, then go through the roof. Like, they're still, they're fun to play as because then they're that good. Or I think about, like, um like, the cruising games, or it's, like, you could unlock a school bus that was then, like, surprisingly good, right? Like, yeah. to, you know, like, to race through or, like, play with or something like that, where it's, like, you know, and it might be a cop out to be like, I don't have a problem with it if like <laughs> the characters, you know, are still you know yeah. <laughs> integrated well with the gameplay. Like, <laughs> hot take right there, but like, um, but you know, like if it's if it's only used like solely as a gimmick, and I feel like yeah, a lot of like a lot of like two thousands games right. probably did mm -hmm. a lot of that, where it's just like you can be. And, and I mean, Link was in Soul Calibur too. Yes. Yeah. What's that? I was to say Link was in Soul Calibur too, just to, to pick a really prominent example. Oh, right, right, yeah. right. Link, Darth yeah. Vader, like they had yeah. all it was, or was it Link, Darth Vader, and uh So Darth Vader was in Soul Calibur. Four. So, it, was, it was three. Um, there was three the, but the one yeah, that Link the, was in, there was like there was a was, different character in that two. spot for each game that was released. Correct. It was he it was Hihachi for PS2. That's uh, and yes, Spawn that's for yes. Xbox. Yeah, Spawn was in here. Um 
things like that can be fun because like i think sometimes like with a lot of people's disappointment about like the dlc characters for like smash this time around right where it's like i almost wish they would have gone a little bit more outside of the box of like whoa like who could be here you know because it's like now you're just with a bunch of characters that have extremely similar play styles like you know but i also argue with something like smash when it when it's all about mashing everyone together in the first place Mm. nobody feels out of the ordinary when everyone's out of the ordinary right which is which is a shame because i think there are characters that could lead to like genuine surprise but i think you're right though some of it is maybe just like yeah. The playstyle got a little homogenous. So like like I don't like I'm playing Persona 5 right now. Joker being in the game should probably be a bigger deal. Yeah. Like uh than like what it is, but like ends up playing like so yeah. many other I think it's hard because I have no I have no problem with with cameos, but things like uh and like I, I would en- I enjoyed it in things like when with the Neversoft eyeball on a human head became a playable character in one of the mm. Tony Hawk <laughs> games. Um yep. but like a game like Gauntlet Dark Legacy when you're in this, you know, not that it was a great game, but in this fantasy setting, <laughs> and suddenly you could play as, like, a baseball player randomly in there with one, with one of the secret mm. unlocks. Uh, usually, it is kind of, when it's, when it's used as just a gimmick, it feels a little off to me, but also a lot of those games didn't end up standing the test of time. Right? The ones that did, the ones that did it well Fair. are the ones we remember. The ones where it felt odd but integrated stuck around where the ones that just felt odd didn't uh which is maybe more or less why it feels more like a cheap gimmick than anything else uh that's my two cents anything else to add on fighter's destiny here um one weird thing that i was thinking about while playing it that obviously was never intended like within the design um, but I was like, how we play games on emulators today, like the fact that they excised all of the worst controller tendencies of Nintendo 64 <laughs> games, like, I think ends up making it age a lot better because I was like, this is easier to play on any emulator yeah, controller yes. Oh, yes. than just about any single N64 game could be. And I was like, and there's there's a compelling nature to today being like, this is a game I would revisit more often than something that I maybe liked a lot more but without the hyper-specific hardware to play it, you know? Yeah. Also, um, like, yeah, using to, so. the C buttons <clears throat> for a fighting game wasn't that much fun, but that yeah. that just means <laughs> they port well to all the other controls and they, it is a mm. usable, playable game. Yeah, it is. that is an interesting point that so many, so much N64 emulation feels like you're having a slightly compromised experience because that controller was so specific uh, in, mm-hmm. in its design. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I'm glad people seem to like this. I always, you know, I feel like I, I was a little nervous presenting this game um, just because I knew it was old and also like I have fond memories of it, but who knows how that's going to hold up to scrutiny. Um, Noah, did we get your thoughts on, on this game? I know you're the host, but. Oh, I mean, I'm always <laughs> happy to get my thoughts. Um, yeah. I, I think I've sprung, uh, sprinkled them throughout, but I mean, I'll just kind of reiterate that like, yeah, I think much, I think I, Louis, you had mentioned this earlier. It's like, I think probably my favorite of the bunch that we did uh of these three um yeah i mean i i i know i enjoy the idea uh i did not play it long enough to unlock things i think i had a little bit of anxiety playing the master mode because i didn't want all my hard work to then get lost by hitting the joker and then losing and then losing everything so i didn't really dive into the unlocks uh but i found the gameplay itself satisfying i actually 
had forgotten about this, but during the pandemic, me and uh, our good friend Dancing Mike played this uh, online over Parsec, uh, and we had a blast with it. The, 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 the point system, the kind of back and forth, first one to, to try to get a, a throw or something off when you learn a move and keep going. Like, it was a fun game to dive in and not know how to play and kind of learn on the go. Um, but I think what I'd really like to see more than anything is this mechanic in a modern fighting game. Like, yeah, with I... the style and even pace of a Tekken, which is also, I would argue, a doing a lot of Tekken work for my day job, like a thinking man's fighting game in a lot of ways. Like, that being applied to this could also be pretty fantastic. And I'd love to see an arm of the fighting game community move towards a point-based knockdown system as opposed to just a knock-your-health-down-that-person-wins system. And I think it would create more variety in what is a great genre of gaming, but is relatively one-note unless you're deeply embedded in it. Actually, I will real quick as well i think that's an interesting component like i this is a game that could be done multiplayer like against a human and i never got a chance to experience Same. that which i feel like does make me like 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 that's that's a whole other aspect to it that i think like really colors like what this game could be because it isn't like your conventional fighting yeah. game like and yeah i can i can see where playing it against another person even because there is a bit of psychology to like what you need to do like makes uh could make this like an extremely compelling game yeah to, i i can see, see this like this with an online lobby or even just mm -hmm. in an arcade put a quarter down people gathering around could be a blast to get into yeah, yeah. for sure um all right well we like that one surely this next one can't be too bad can it <laughs> uh daydreaming davy is a top-down action adventure game similar ish to zelda where you control Davy as he sleeps through class and daydreams about ancient Greece, the Dark Ages, the Wild West, and apparently that's it. It was released in the, for the NES in June of 1992 and developed by fucking HAL Laboratory. The same yeah, people behind yeah. Kirby, Balloon Fight, Earthbound, and Les Louis, later down the line, Super Smash Brothers. It gained middling reviews at best and it is not good <laughs> however i'm editorializing here that's not what the intro is for uh, it is apparently one of the few games that lets you use the nes zapper which i did not get to try out nor realize uh louis why yeah. on earth did this game stand out to you <laughs> well so a little a little backstory not to not to get too like replay value here but like my introduction to video games was like mostly through adults um that had them so like when i when i would first play like um uh like this guy that my mom was dating had uh nes and so like i would play games like with him and i'd be really terrible at them. or like when my mom married um like, her husband had a super nintendo but like he famously only had Madden 96 and like Romance of the Three Kingdoms 2 or something. <laughs> like, and like those aren't games for children. Like, yeah, games on the same um, shelf as each other, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. But like, so when I was like, you know, given an allowance or like had money to spend, like what I wanted were like 
like kids games i was like i'm tired of like all these games for adults like what about one for me a child you know and like wherever i was probably at like a walmart where like i saw daydream and davy like if i can only give the game one compliment like the box design and like whatever like information it had on the back you know had a real like for kids by kids <laughs> feel to it that like as a child i was like yeah this this is what I want. This is speaking to me. Yeah, like I want to have an adventure where my pencil's stolen. Like, <laughs> you know, like this is this is relatable content now. <laughs> yeah, none of that like nonsense about like Chinese dynasties or like, whatever is uh, happening. So like that was that influenced a lot of like my personal choices in games early on. Surprise, a lot of them were like absolute dog shit. Um, but uh, but yeah, but that's that's how I. I apologize for ever making a reference <laughs> to it on previous episodes of this podcast because I wouldn't, I wouldn't really even want other people to like play this game. There's nothing in this game that is worth another person having to like enjoy, and not because it's painfully bad. Like this, like like it is so unremarkable at almost everything that it does. Yeah, um, yeah, that it's not. Not really worth Louis, that. Louis, but, as, a, as a kid, uh, how far into the game did you get? Did you ever beat this game? Oh, I you beat did it. beat it. I beat, yeah, okay. I beat, yeah, I beat the whole thing. And like even going back into it, I was surprised at like because it was a game that I could beat. Like it was like the opposite of like the Goonies thing. Like where I was like, um, there's no threat of like running into the the game over thing. I'll now just like play through this, you know. Like so, you can do it in a pretty quick sitting you know even though i was like a kid i think maybe like a half an hour or so i could like get through um like the whole thing once once you knew what you were yeah, doing which i'm um, shocked by because i could not figure out for the life of me what i was supposed to do in half these settings i will say like i think like you know as a like as a kid i was definitely willing to like engage a little bit more like i wasn't just trying to get through it to see like what i thought about it and like it's still not a good game but it doesn't some of the things like like that guy that you have to find the shield from like, or or like shooting like the gun in the wild west like some of these things that like seem to make no sense like are somewhere within like the world of the level like you get information on like uh on doing these things it's not all stuff that you just have to like into it but like uh but it, yeah still not good. <laughs> well, I, well there's um... something to be said for sorry i, I was just going to say quickly there's something to be said for being like when you were a kid you you were often stuck with a game that you had uh because you mm. couldn't just you weren't downloading games you couldn't just go buy them yourself so fair, it, fair. It, it makes sense that you would play through all of daydream and davy if that's one of the games in your library and yeah which you, you had, had so right, much to play right. so that you just kind of went through <laughs> yeah. it um i i there was definitely games i, I remember that similarly i was like i would never ask anyone to play this but i also completely understand why i poured so much time into it so mm -hmm. anyway, sorry. Yeah, you guys had a you, you, you guys had a, a stick with itness that I did not have as a kid. <laughs> if I got a game I didn't like as a kid. <laughs> All right. You didn't have to come for me that hard. Uh, you know, whatever. I'm here. I'm talking about games with you. You don't have to you don't have to hate on me that bad. No. Uh, <laughs> uh, first of all, I did pull up the box, Louie. It says a nonviolent adventure RPG for the whole family, which I think is very cute. That that was what drew also, you in. It's very violent. What are they talking about? Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. You do kill a lot of things. I don't know you why. Also, it says if that. You, you you Although, shoot a gun. You get shot if you don't. Do I was about things to say. Right. If you're me, you, you just go get to shot hell. to death multiple times. 
I will like well, and Patrick, you'll you'll probably be able to relate to this um, since we grew up in the same town. But like you know, like that Walmart, like where you like bought games, you had to like they were behind a mm-hmm. case that had a key, right? So like you, the process was you had to find somebody, point at a game, and then like you could stand there and read the back and like consider other things. But like oh, Walmart's always a mess, and like if we were going there, it was only because like need like back to school support like like it was if i was able to get my mom to be like yeah i will buy you a game while we're here like it couldn't be a thing of it you were not gonna waste your time you just yeah yeah right right so you know you just you looked at something and you're like okay i guess i don't hate that's how i got to space station silicon valley pointing through the glass because it looked good and i i was like all right let's do this at least that's how you're right yeah yeah that is a fantastic game um but also, I forget what I... Oh, I was going to say, I think for future games, I did not do it with this, but for future games, I'm really going to try to push myself to find a copy of the manual, like the PDF for these any of these older ones, because yeah. I really, I was stumped, like, several times while playing. I, I uh, luxuriated in the Wild West for probably 15 <laughs> minutes before I realized... Because basically, I'm walking up... The first one sets you up to understand, like, hey, it's a maze get to the end of the maze, get through the level. Then the Wild West, I like, I work my way through. I get the whole way through like all these twists and turns and I get to a dead end and I was like, well, what happened? I go back and I'm like, oh, there's a bank. I can't go into it. So I started like pushing my character against doors until finally I found the door to go into that then is like, go to the, sh- go to the, uh, what do you call it? The post telegraph. office. Or, yeah, the yeah. telegraph, please. Oh, the yeah, post Union. office, yeah. That's yeah. right. So I went into Western Union and figured out what to do next. And I was like, okay. And then I got shot. And then I had to go back and be like, oh, I can move a thing to shoot the gun. And then finally I gave up and watched a playthrough. But yeah, I mean, like, if I had been reading about it, maybe I would have been able to engage with it more. Also, there are only four speedruns ever, Louie. If you beat it in 30 minutes, I think you could probably have the top speedrun on speedrun.com or whatever <laughs> oh, okay. if you wanted Oh, well, I'm just, that was, yeah, it's probably not, like, specifically. 22 minutes hour, is the like, fastest yeah, anybody's yeah. done it in, so. Yeah, yeah, but no, like, in a in a general sit-down. Also, Pat, to your idea of, like, getting stuck in this game, like, that very much happened to me at the very beginning because I didn't realize I had to press the two buttons together to jump. That so I'm just stuck behind this rock arrow for about 10 minutes. Like, why are none of these buttons working? <laughs> and then, and then, I, and then the... I had the same kind of experience that the Cowboy one where it's like, they, you, you show up, you go in, they tell you to go to the Western Union, I go to the Western Union, and I get shot. And it took me a while to realize, oh, I'm not <laughs> starting with a gun. So this is why I just, the same thing keeps happening to me. No one's telling me, oh, buy a gun first and then do this. I just kind of like show up and get shot over and over again. Which, as a kid, is frightening. <laughs> <laughs> I'm truly not here to defend any part of like, but... I do. I think the general concept of mapping a third action that you don't need to do a ton to pressing B and A at the same time, given what that controller was, is actually like a fairly slick idea. Yeah. For a game, instead of being like you can only do the two things, it's like no, you can do a third one sometimes. Like you're not going to have to use it a ton, but like that it's there. I do like that. Right, the fact that they don't really tell you—they don't—they don't, they don't tell you again. <laughs> as we talk with Aladdin, it's like I'm not gonna—I'm not gonna fault a game for not telling me when it was in the it probably was in the manual. So, like, and Pat, mm. to your point, I've done this for every episode, and I still have to remind myself I should read the manual too. Like this, this—it it does help. It makes the experience difference. I will say, with something like a jump button, one of two things should have been done, which is remove the need for it. 
from the game because it's not like it's it's cent it's central to the gameplay or map it to the button and map the select uh button to swap your your item and i mm. think you would have the same effect with something that is a little more inherent in that in that moment also would you really have missed it if you couldn't jump in this game but it does it wasn't really i, I would have if i can't get past that first cluster <laughs> yeah, i just mean if they, if they had removed the need for but jumping yes. no yeah that, that's kind of my point is like just don't have us need to jump it felt like it felt like it was the kind of thing that was added because all games have jump and therefore you should have a jump but like didn't you're right didn't add anything to it uh we were so... all, we were oh go ahead Oh, I was just going to say, I actually just found the manual. It does tell you how to jump, obviously. Yeah. And then the first screenshot is of that rock arrow that, like, I think it it says it, it's the manual is interesting. I'll, I'll share it over afterwards that you can go through it. But it, like, tells you what to expect. It tells you where to buy a gun because I did have the same problem, Noah. Like, it is. I see how the manual alongside the game especially as a kid i probably would have been really into this yeah right so yeah especially if like you're a kid that like loves to yep. read too oh like, yeah if you're like if you're like oh like tell me rules and, like, famous, like, famous manual reader shit. absolutely 100 yeah, yeah. percent no for sure um i will say i like the one thing that drove like here's my my biggest disappointment which is saying something out of everything is like the one thing that drove me <laughs> now to play further in this game is I wanted to see what all the other daydreams were. Oh. I made it to ancient Greece, and I was like so frustrated with the ancient Greece level that I was like, you know what? Never mind. I'll just look it up. I look it up, and that's it. Like they just start recycling the same three daydreams <laughs> awesome. instead. Yeah. They, they, they. Yes, they, they change the forest to white in medieval times, but it's still medieval times. You do get to climb Mount Olympus, so it is a different visual but it's still ancient greece all three have some sort of hell dark dimension-esque level which is the same freaky skeleton like ending of earthbound style floor uh that you walk through but otherwise it's just the same three daydreams over and over again uh which is such <laughs> a fucking letdown to the fact that they're not daydreams, they're legitimate. Yeah, dreams. right. Davy is Davy is also his his grip on reality is like frighteningly tenuous. Where in the, he's in okay. the middle of a conversation, all of a sudden he's slipping away into some into yeah. some I reverie. To stab another student in the eye with a pencil. Yeah, uh, and then then in one of them doesn't it, it doesn't like the reality catch up because it's like. Yeah, he like brings a trophy from like one of the daydreams into real yes. life, and then like a principal like mentions it at some point. Oh, <laughs> the fucking MS the Paint style to... graphics. Yeah, those yeah. awful, yeah. awful cutscenes. <laughs> Daydream and Davey had to walk so like Nino Cooney could <laughs> fly. Right? Yes, that's let, that's the evolutionary direct evolutionary <laughs> yeah. line. Oh, I honestly, I, so can... I'm I'm looking at the manual right now. It is pretty intense. The Greek mythology world it is the bronze race of people that you're fighting and the golden race of men that takes you like takes care of you it is there's like (laughs) there is a ton of like really intense both like actual mythological and like history references (laughs) and it does tell you in the book that those are the only three worlds that you get to go to i also thought that it was pretty brilliant yeah, yeah. <laughs> that you could actually sell things to make money in the trading post. I I did actually 
note that as yeah, an interesting fact. <laughs> never, never fucking do that. I literally, I got to that part where that man shot me to death at the Western Union, and I said, I am turning this game off and doing something else. This right, is... To be fair, he shot you at the bar. The Western Union told you to go to the bar. Then when you right, get to the that's bar, that's when you get shot. Yeah, but, um, but that was it. Like At that point is when I looked up a walkthrough, and it was just like, I need to know how to get past this, because something, like, this should not be this difficult. Something should I, be At that, that point, I said, this, you know what this game reminded me of is have, I, have you guys, this is, we were all children of the early internet, uh, so we probably heard about this game. Action 52 for the for the yeah. NES. Are you guys all familiar with that? Um, so. Okay, so there's this infamous, so. un- it's an unlicensed uh, Nintendo game called Action 52 that was some person's very hubristic brainchild of like, I can make this huge selection of games all on one cart. Uh, and it's it's like a notoriously one of the worst games ever made half the games like don't even work and then most of them are like varieties on each other they're so bizarre uh there's the the flagship game on it and like the big the game with the most production value on it was this game called the cheetah men uh and it's aesthetic (laughs) and how it feels to play feels a lot to me like daydream and davy from what i remember It's, it's about operating on that level so it's it's the best of what is notoriously the worst collection of games um, ever made but uh, i i highly recommend checking out action 52 if you haven't just because it's true it, it's okay. like it's like a could only have been made possible in like that true wild west era uh <laughs> of of video game development that was the that was those early you know post atari years um and i mean atari was also crazy too but right uh but mm-hmm. yeah it's it's I'm sorry, Louie, I don't mean to crap on a game that you have fond memories of childhood. It's maybe one of the worst games I've ever played. I, I truly was confounded by this thing. Um, um, it, yeah. On, on, on that note, because this is, this, this is a, a game on the podcast I do love to put people in, I want everyone to go around and say one thing they liked about this game. I, I didn't know that I didn't know that recording was going to turn me into a daydream and Davy apologist. <laughs> but like, I, I to pick one thing, um, which you can't do. Obviously, there's just so many things you love. I mean, I, I've, so I've got a few things. I've got a few things I can talk about. But to pick one, the money system was actually a um, an interesting thing that if I had run into this game when it came out or around when it came out, I would have, that would have been the first time I would have run into like a trading system in a game. And it like, there's a smartness to it. There's an interesting aspect to it. It was only in the wild West, which I suppose makes sense. But um, yeah, it was, it's at least a complex game on certain levels in an interesting way. Okay. The concepts behind this are probably the only thing that I would say really marks it as being made by a developer like HAL Laboratory, because otherwise they must have been drunk when they were designing this. I truly don't understand. <laughs> or they just like had no time and they tossed this out off in like a few weeks like it was E.T. or something. Uh, it's it's definitely a victim of of the thing that I also think is most interesting about it in that it's trying to do a bunch of different styles and a bunch of different settings. Um, I just don't think they had the capacity or or kind of... I don't know what what else happens to be able to pull it off. I also just wanted to shout out you. You called me Daydream and Petro at the at the top of this or, or whatever you said at the <laughs> beginning, and I I was a very uh, daydreamy child, as I'm sure is very hard to believe uh, for people who've known me for a long time. Uh, so I definitely related to Daydream and Davy to some degree, and I, I feel like if I had stumbled upon this game as a kid, it would have really spoken to me on that level. You saw a lot of yourself in this character, and I 
That's oh, uh, yes. that's, that's a positive. <laughs> I also looked like I was drawn by MS Paint as a child. So, <laughs> <laughs> Louis, how about you? One thing you liked? I feel like you probably right. the most to like, say like about this, but I mean, well, let me. Uh, so let me let me say because I don't. I don't Louis Thomas, like, famous famous or... daydreaming Davy lover. Uh, <laughs> Man, listen, like, a ten like, on his personal get, score. This game, this game, this game sucks. <laughs> like that does not. I I know that full well. But like, right? Like it's. I like. I don't want people to be like, ooh. Like he spent more time being critical of Ocarina of Time <laughs> than daydreaming Navy. Well, that's that's because we all know this game is trash. <laughs> it is terrible. And like that's that's all right. I think it's it, it's more interesting than to like dive into like what about it worked or why did I play through it like several yeah. times. You know, obviously it's not going to rank anywhere close to like where I put something like Ocarina. But I'm going to spend time like talking about like how it, that's that's the unique opinion, right? Like if you want to if you want to read think pieces about how Ocarina of Time is the greatest game ever, like you can kind of open up the internet, talk to a man, like it'll be <laughs> fine. Like there's those things exist out there. If if you want to hear what makes Day Demon Day Dreaming Davy barely playable, you know, come to this podcast. <laughs> uh, I love it as a pitch. Um, that's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> um. And honestly, I mean, I guess like the base compliment I can give the game is that it's barely playable. It's not ET in the way that like I want to like shove my face through something <laughs> like and try to play because it. it feels like this game's trying to punish me. It it hits like the like the baseline legal definition to me of like what a game is. <laughs> it's something that I play even if it's not fun, even if it's not well constructed. <laughs> It's got rules and it's there. Um, separately, I will say, like as a child, like I really liked the Wild West world, particularly that first stage, because that idea of just like not knowing where I was going and just like shoving my body into <laughs> like walls until one of them could be a door that I could open up was like, I guess my first like baby's first open world, you know? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And like that concept seemed cool to me, like at the time to be like, oh, I can, I can do pretty much anything I want to here. I can go into any house. Yeah, I can trade shit. Like that, that it felt limitless in a way that you know my brain got wrinklier and bigger. So <laughs> the manual tells you first you need to check in at the sheriff's office and see if things have been peaceable since the last time you were in town. So the manual would have told us to do that. Yes. Exactly. It's wild that you got to use the zapper. Did you do that as a kid, Louie? Yeah, I oh. had it because I had the Mario Duck Hunt. I assume like, it made uh, that part thing, so... a lot easier when you had to yeah. like shoot the guy. I mean, it was still just right. You know, instead of just dragging a thing yes, down right, to the right. bottom left corner, you could... I'm kind of jealous <laughs> of that. You have to know to yeah. pick up the gun I mean, yeah. and have it like at the ready. But... I will say that that does tie into kind of what I liked about it, which is I think in general, even if they were all executed poorly or maybe not at all, uh, there are ideas in this that are. Really, in, in the same way that I want to give clock points for the same thing of like adding different ideas and really playing with the medium by, you know, it's not everything being the same or not staying one note throughout. Like this does change up your mission, what you're doing, how you go about doing it. One's a maze. The next is, you know, more puzzle like, like I think, again, horribly done. But the fact that they even do this at a game at this time it is impressive. Uh, Louis, I need to back to you real fast. Yep. Daydreaming Davy or Nights in the Dreams? <laughs> uh, 
for me, the problem is I know how to play Daydream and David. <laughs> and actually, I've been, before coming back here, since it's been a little while since we've done this, like, I've been giving some consideration to, like, what I think about the number scores. And, like, for the longest, I'd always joked about, I don't know what a five is, is, like, that perfect idea of, like, a game that I don't consider good or bad. Yeah. But it's just, like, purely neutral. I now kind of want to use five more as a point of being, like, how much more would I want to play this game again? right like if five is like i did it once and that's good enough like 5.00 whatever one and onwards needs to represent like in doing this thing like would i get enjoyment out of revisiting whether or not i actually ever choose to do it is it at least driving me to be like that was that was an experience i would like to recreate Mm. and then going sort of like positive or negative from there that's interesting because i feel like that make not only does that make a five or higher harder to earn but what about what? Where do you do something like a story-based game where you may not want to, or like Shadow of the Colossus and, is a game that I love, but I don't yeah. know if I, I don't know if playing it again is the same factor once you I, discover. And I and I think I think having a good game experience, like wanting to, and so maybe more specifically the experience of playing yeah. the game is like what I would like to be able to go back to. And if a game can provide me that, right? There's plenty of good movies that I've seen once, and it's like I never need to see that movie again. But I think it's good because, like, what it did was provide me an experience I felt away, right? It. Like, it was it was a whole thing where at the end I was like, I could do with having that happen to me, like, uh, again. And all of that's to say, <laughs> Daydream and Davey and Knights both fall on the <laughs> south side of that spectrum. I don't need to do either one of them again. And the exploratory idea of being like, well, I never finished Knights means that like like i don't i don't want to play around in that world so like if there's a gun to my head and i have to do one of them i'm going to pick daydream and daily because <laughs> it's going to be a shorter time and i know how to get through i that. love how often um, violent threats are brought into your choice of game. right right <laughs> if, your if i have too. to walk into a bar and somebody's <laughs> going to pull a gun up to me <laughs> Well, they're going to quickly say, "Daydream and Davey are nice." That before they shoot their gun. That's. I I feel, I feel like video game fuck Mary kill could be its own podcast for Louis. Yes, <laughs> yes, I, I agree with that. Um, but yeah, like I don't, I don't find either of those experiences fun. But like, at least I can get through. It's the same. It's my Aladdin defense. The Super Nintendo one is a is a thing that like I understand and I can build towards, and I think that deserves more points than one that maybe is just objectively better in like one playthrough but i'm also like never looking to touch yeah so um so i'll say daydream and davy actually you know what though hang on can i can i refer to the points uh, yeah i can okay you know what 4.5 though i cannot in good conscience <laughs> here's the problem if I had come in with my new idea of how I was viewing the point system back when we were doing that first episode, I would have scored Knights way lower. <laughs> I would play Daydream and Davey again, but I cannot give it anything approaching a 4.5. <laughs> well, I mean, I think the rest of us carry Knights up because you still gave it a 2.9. Like, Oh, okay. All right. Well, then party yeah. on. Then, then, like, then, then, that that okay. was the first episode where everything there was no nothing else to compare things to. We were building the yeah. list. Uh yeah, you take that game to where it is. Okay, great. Okay, well you know what I stand by that. That feels about right for where I'm say thank you, David. So okay, excellent. Be- before we get in the list, uh, our three games here: Plock, Fighters, Destiny, and Daydream and Davy. Are there any last thoughts, notes, feelings, opinions? You know, derivatives. Like, what, 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 where do we feel? What do people want to say? I mean, I, I didn't think I'd be coming into this defending Day, Day, Daydream and Davey <laughs> and, and thinking that a 
fighting game was the top of the three that we're going over. <laughs> Truly, two very. This is the magic of the list. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. I really appreciate, and you know, Pat. Obviously, we're we're going to reserve talking about your contribution to this uh, in a separate episode. But I also think I'm that's so excited to, for that. I lie. think that's to its credit in terms of how interesting it also is. I really appreciate everyone bringing these to the table. Um, you know, whatever my and honestly, I, I may be going to be a little less mean to Daydream and Davy than I was in my and in my initial pass of what the score might be. But uh, but I I. I do. It's always interesting to see where a lot of how even bad games or or games that just don't don't quite click, you know, can still be built on a foundation of interesting ideas and and kind of obvious passion for you know the the art form, if you will, uh, of making video games. Um, I think so, that's a, that's, actually, that's a interesting very fair to point see. because it's you know I don't want to name uh name Pat's game yet mainly because I I want people to discover that when we do it i don't think it'll be the next episode based on how long we'll need to play and film it um but i will say like all four games that were brought including this future game do kind of the same thing they all try a lot of ideas they all try something different and really try to break what their genre is you know a little bit um i don't that wasn't intentional that was not the prompt but that is kind of how that all shook out. Uh, each of these tried a lot of things and tried to do something different. Um, some maybe succeeded more than others, but uh, you got to give things credit for at least making the attempt. Not points. You don't need to raise or score higher, but you got to at least give them, you know, brownie, brownie points. You got to give them credit for it at the very least um any other thoughts then let's get into the list guys your first time watching this is how it works we're going to go through each game myself my guests are going to go ahead and give each game a score that we can only give out once in perpetuity meaning that for the future of this podcast if we've given something a score we can never give that score again these guys have been at least for other episodes, I have been on every episode. Our listing of numbers, though infinite, has been dwindling of what we can and can't use. No game is equal. Everything must be better or worse than another game. Once we give them these scores, we take a look at the list and where they land, and we have one chance to change one score on one game. So if you want to see two different games move in their spot, of noogies you only get to choose one with that said let us begin in the order we started with block and i Pat... just jumped up onto my shoulder <laughs> <laughs> literally <laughs> latched on I'm out of my standing desk, and she just pulled herself up hello what are you doing chloe Chloe's oh, so excited to... to hear what you have to say about Plock. Pat. I know. <laughs> Look at this. She's, that, I didn't give her a lap to That's sit crazy. in, so she just decided to perch on my shoulder. Fantastic. <laughs> well, whatever. She can stay. All right. So, Pat, I'm going with you first. Plock. Oh, okay. Plock, uh, I'm going to give a 3.99. A Do I have three... that open? I'm checking that now. Uh, no, you you've used a three point nine, but you've not given out a three point nine nine. So, 
Can you say what the 3.9 was for? I'm curious what game Patrick thinks is just <laughs> like a touch better than um, Plock. No, is what he thinks is a touch worse than Plock. It would be a 3.90 versus his 3.99. His mm-hmm. 3.90 <laughs> went to Super Nintendo Aladdin. Okay. Um, yeah, okay. keep it. I'm good. 3.99. 3.99. How? Why? Why so? Um, I I'm trying to like. I think if maybe I had ground against it a little bit longer, I would have done better. And I can see the values of the game and the values of, like, the different things. Um, but, yeah, it just... Uh, it was also very hard, so... Yeah, fair enough. Um, all right. Let's go Tro. What do you think of Plock? Plock, I'm giving um, a 5.2 to Plock. 5.2? Why is that? I mean, I'm putting it above five because I think it mostly works uh, as a game. I think it's uh, looking at the, the when I was looking at the master list, also trying to think of how my score would fit into like the grand scheme of things. Uh, I wanted to I, I wanted to boost it up a bit above the the lower lights on here. But I also I can't justify giving a game too much higher than than the median score if I just didn't have a ton of fun playing it. Um, but I I it's tough because i i just know there are so much potential there but also i i i can't give a game credit if i didn't have enough fun with it to get to those things later sounds good louis where do you see plock i'm going to give plock uh actually i'm going to be pretty similar so like right around where petro um if you can throw it on for like a 5.15 uh, 5.15. Double checking your scores here. Yeah, you got a 5.15 available to you. Lock it in. Why right. a 5.15? I think, uh, I mean, especially looking at the list, like, I like, I think it deserves to be like, uh, like, I'd put it above Aladdin or like Sonic, even in terms of like platformers, just in that. I don't want to revisit either one of them, like, either of those two, but like, between the three of them, if I did. I could I could see myself immersing in like plock and trying to to get into that like a little bit more. To my idea of like if it's above a five, would I want to replay it? Sure. Barely, but like yeah, I'd I'd give it. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh and I'm gonna give it a uh I had to think about this one for a sec, a four point eight five. Um I I have a five even available to me, uh, but I for some reason didn't feel right giving it to this one um i think i that's i mean that's a that's that's a score that's gonna say something like uh (laughs) like whatever you give a five to like is gonna speak to the core of like who you are i think i i i I, I, I truly think it does Mm -hmm. as much as a 10 and a one does i think a five i think a five absolutely it's a benchmark and like that was yeah. what I gave Sonic yeah. the Hedgehog, if I remember correctly. Correct. Yeah. I believe, That's what I believe I gave. so. That's what I gave Duck Hunt, which uh, <laughs> okay, <laughs> You're regretting now. Uh, um, really. No, but like I, I think I don't think this is a a bad game. Um, I think it deserves it. It's earned its place in history, which is not there. But I'm also shocked at the number of people who just don't know this game exists still. Like, I think I think it was probably the best platformer that came out in the window that it came out, which, again, isn't saying a lot uh, about it. 
I think it's a lot of good ideas. And I think the music's great. I think the aesthetic is great. Uh, and I wish, I wish there were more kooky, even at that time, more weird kooky games like this that happened. Uh, and I'd love to know more about the development. Like I tried to do my research. There's so little out there uh, that I'd love to get a chance to sit with uh, John and Ste and like understand more about them uh, and like and then how they came about this and like where this character comes from because it's it's just I don't believe that gaming history should be lost and this feels like something that'll otherwise get lost to the sands of time and I they don't think like it deserves that infinitely accessible like i'm pretty sure if you hit them up for an interview you could probably do that. i should try <laughs> i should try and hopefully stop butchering though their name because i feel a little guilty about that um so that where it lands let's pop over to our next game fighters destiny petro i'm going to start with you on this one so I'm going to give Fighters Destiny a 6.8. I don't think I've given that a score out yet. Six. Let me double check that right now. Make sure I'm in the right spot. A, uh, I see a 6.3, 6. No, no, you've not done a 6.8 yet. So let's go for it. 6.8. Yeah, Why a 6.8? It sits in a similar echelon, but, uh, but for me a little higher uh, than as a game like GoldenEye does, uh, another N64 game that I have a lot of fond memories playing, particularly multiplayer, uh, and, and Fighter's Destiny kind of f sits in that same spot. One, it's a little bit higher than that because I don't get motion sick while playing it, and two, <laughs> because uh, it's I just think it's a as fun as GoldenEye is. I think this is I think there's a there's more. I'm saying this poorly, but there's more better design ideas in Fighter's Destiny than there there's is more in better design ideas. Yes, I like that. You can put that on the back of the box. But you're right. <laughs> Two ERs really lets it hit home. Yeah. I I don't want to go higher than that because I don't I just think there are things about it that have inherently not aged well, and I think it's still it's more of a rough draft of a really great game than it is a great game in and of itself. Fair so, enough. That's where I fall. Okay. Uh, Patrick, where are you putting this one? Uh, I mean, I could not in good conscience put it above Hyperstone Heist for myself. However, <laughs> it is definitely walking away with the best score for me today, um, which I'm going to give it a 5.33 if that's available. 5.33. This is just in order to keep it. Let me double check. Um, yeah, it's available to you. So five point three three. This is this is basically because you you just want to keep it below Hyperstone. I mean, I think it'll end up above Hyperstone, but for me personally, I couldn't rank it above that. Hyperstone Heist holds a special place in my heart. It it I'm slotting it in between that and uh, Aladdin. Okay, fair enough. Um, Louis, where are you at with Fighters Destiny? Um, I'm gonna give it a uh, give me a six point three four. Uh, on it. Um, One, three, four. Actually, I really like Petro's summation of it being like a rough draft of a really great game is like one hundred percent. Like, where uh, I feel like uh, that's that. <laughs> but it's a shame that Fighters Destiny Two was markedly worse according to reviews. Yeah. Except yeah, they do I have never... Cherry the Drag Queen, which sounds fun. <laughs> so I actually never bothered to try it because I had read that it wasn't as good. 
but mm-hmm. I, I, I would be curious to now visit that uh, as a, at a later date because, yeah, I'm curious. How do you screw up something that you were on the right track with initially? Um, the world may never know, but I gave this a a 6.55. I'm kind of I think this is probably the closest we've ever been to all being kind of on the same page with this game. Like it's it's pretty good. Uh, it's good enough to play once and maybe play again or have on rotation if I just want to pick a random game at random and have it there. Um, it also, in my head, kind of keeps it above the TMNT arcade game, but below God of War, which I think is a good sitting when you look at the main list. It's like, yeah, this with God of War without its faults is by far a better game than this. Um, but I do think there's a plenty here that it does that it does beat, and it was fun enough. And maybe someday down the line, I would come back and uh, play through to unlock characters and have everyone. I think that's one of the, the one of the downsides to it is that if you really want to play this with friends at home to keep it even, you kind of have to beat master mode with everybody and play through the game with everybody, even the ones you weren't good with so that you're not now just unbalancing the game, which puts it a little bit at fault there. Um, so yeah, good all around. A last one here. Day dreaming Davy. Um, Louis, let's start with you. Yeah. Um, what did you, what did you say I gave Knights again? Sorry, can you disclose oh, that? Uh, uh... Yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead and disclose it. You gave that a okay. 2.94 initially, but okay. Knights currently falls at like, um, 4.5075. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And that's, and that's fine. I think most people are going to say that Knights is probably a better game, and I think that's fair. I can... I can allow myself to be wrong because I'm clouded by personal judgment, <laughs> much like Patrick obviously is a player. So, like, I would probably objectively want to give it a score lower than this, but like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it a two point nine seven. Uh, is that wait? Would it? Uh, yeah, that that puts it above nights. Yeah, that's uh, above yeah, above it puts nights. it above nights. Yeah. Great. Okay. I would say, yeah, I'm going to say barely under a three. I think there are, I know there are games that tried me a lot worse than Daydream and Davey. I came in with a bit of barrier. I knew how to play it, like, already that, like, makes it, I think, a little more tolerable for me. <laughs> but not good. So. All right. 2.97. Uh, yes. Petro, why was Louis wrong? Yeah, sorry, I'm distracted by Patrick's continually pivoting display of his cat <laughs> and her dedication to being on his shoulder. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I w- I'm gonna, you know what? I was honestly prepared to come into this recording being a lot meaner to Daydream and Davey than I'm going to wind up. Um, and that still means it's getting a 2.9 from me. Uh, a 2.9? Which is, just to give you an idea two points higher than i was originally planning but i i i can't <laughs> i can't uh i can't in good conscience put it below et i i think it's even if i still was put off by a lot of elements of this game and i also just double checked it was published by how laboratories but not developed by them it was developed by correct, correct, a studio correct. that would become a, a subsidiary of a claim uh so that's a little more believable yep. that they would turn out a game of that quality still Hal still was involved to some degree, which is still mind-boggling. Which, but. which is bonkers because, like, as a publisher, you still have some say in a yeah, game. Yeah, like, I, I think I'll make money on this. They like, should have still been asserting some quality control here, but uh, but yeah, it's um, it, you know what? It's got it's got enough good ideas, and it is still 
functionally to some degree uh, more responsive as a gaming experience than like an et or if anyone ever played like hide light or any of those other like infamously terrible games for for the nintendo uh they are they are just inherently less functional uh than this is so i can't go too low but it's it's still going to sit towards the bottom all right patrick uh i'm coming in at a 3.999 um i want it to be a hair above my experience with Pluck, uh because while it was hard it was more interesting to me while i was playing it than Pluck. so a 3.999 you thought this game was more interesting than Pluck. i did a hair above i am i am i'd be lying if i said i wasn't astounded why (laughs) uh it's just it's because of the like sheer difference especially learning about the zapper being an actual aspect to it like i i'm i'd say in a way i'm sad i didn't get to play this as a kid like i could see myself standing two feet away from the crt television like feeling the glow of the warmth of it as i'm playing like holding the zapper in my right hand ready to like pull on this character you know it's just it it seems like it uh, yeah and i guess i've never really thought of another game like this but i am sad i didn't get to play it when it was out when i was that age i think i would have actually like enjoyed it a lot i would have enjoyed reading the manual um in a way that uh yeah i i don't know if i would have i probably would have just gotten frustrated with pluck and put it in the back of the drawer and never touched it again to be honest with you (laughs) All right, all right, to each their own. Um, I, like Petro, came into this expecting to be a lot meaner to this game. So here we go. I'm giving it a 1.5. Um, <laughs> worse than E.T. Worse than E.T. I wow. found E.T. post-reading manual playable still. Not great, but playable. Um my problem with this game is I think in the same way this game is only playable after reading the manual, which appears appears to be a fucking walkthrough. So it's only playable if something else is telling you literally what steps to do along the way, which are because it could be said about the original Legend of Zelda or even Elden Ring. However, both those at least have a world <laughs> and aesthetic and gameplay to prop that up and make that worthwhile. Uh, I did not get that from this at all. It is rare that I will come in with such negativity. Um, but this this game, I did not like it. I did not like the I did not like how the imagination just fell short halfway through and began to recycle things. A game that is literally about a kid's imagination. Uh, uh, you've you got a real uh, inception argument for why I hate that movie so I'll respect your argument if I don't respect your score so like yeah I the fact that E.T. gets blamed for tanking Atari and Daydreaming Davy had no effect on the NES is a testament to how great the NES, NES truly was well, um, I mean, also, Daydream and Davy wasn't based on like a hit blockbuster movie that was <laughs> that was super hyped up. It was just another another selection for the store shelf that uh, some uh, unlucky child may have picked up and uh, had resonate with them. Fair enough. And I'm not giving E.T. any extra points for being based off of a hit movie. Uh, but yeah, one point five for me. I just I just I just can't. I might be alone on that. 
in the world, but it's not the first time I've given an unpopular opinion on this podcast and therefore won't be the last. Um, with all that said, guys, let's see where things fall on the final list. And before we get into the rankings of these games, you guys have been gone for two episodes. Some things have been added. Some things have been changed. Um, coming back to this list, were there any surprises, shocks, things that you were happy to see? Like, what were people's opinions on this new platform since the uh, last two episodes air? Uh, of, as of recording, I'll just bring up only one of those two episodes has aired, the other one airing next week. So they would not have listened to both episodes, but they are seeing the results of both episodes. Um, I'll come in off the rip, and I know this is going to be tough because I like to paint myself as the people's champion <laughs> on this podcast. When I'm out there in the streets, people are like, Louie, you're the one I identify with most based on your video game opinions. <laughs> Thank you. It's super normal thing do. for a random people the on the street to say. Yes. yes. Um, so I'm about to issue what's probably my least popular opinion of all time. I think every single Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game is rated two points too high. <laughs> oh, oh, really? Oh, wow. Really? I think, no. I think all of these games are outrageously placed. The fact that Turtles in Time is almost an eight is truly insane oh, to me. <laughs> Shredder's Revenge, almost a 7.5. These are incorrect scores. And I don't even know which one I want to change because I don't think Turtles in Time should be that high up. But I don't think then it should drop down below Shredder's Revenge, which is then placed way too high. And Hyperstone Heist is just a bad game. It is. Oh <laughs> so it God. needs to be a lot you lower. Motherfucker. Wow. Oh, I hate this. I, 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 oh, wow. not, do you not like beat-em-ups? <laughs> beat-em-ups. I mean, I guess I don't love beat-em-ups. Right, where where, which is where part of this is coming from. But like, I think... I did not, I did I not see that coming. Oh, wow. I, I agree with the ranking of where they all are, but I don't agree with the points that any of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle games have on this. Right, you would still <laughs> put Turtles in Time at the top, just not as high Correct. Up. Correct. Well, yeah, I just wouldn't say that it's almost as good as <laughs> Legend of Zelda Link to the Past. <laughs> I, I thought I was yeah. going to come in with the unpopular opinion and say that I actually think Shredder's Revenge deserves to be over Turtles in Time because I think it is ostensibly a better game given that it is like had decades of time to grow from but god damn louis you're fucking yeah. wrong <laughs> that's Except pretty the wild TMT, tmnt arcade game does deserve to be two points lower it should be below hyperstone yeah, that it's game not, is dog it's shit. actually not that good <laughs> no that game is dog shit are you gonna leave me because i'm talking Carl, <laughs> she doesn't like your ninja turtles opinions um i i think for the most part, yeah, I agree. This this TMNT stuff, I, I think all those games should have been shunted down the ladder a little bit more than they actually are. Uh, I commented, I wow. think, before we started recording on how I thought the original Legend of Zelda was rated too low, but I also understand that it's, it's maybe a, a rougher one to go back to if you're not very familiar with it. Um, otherwise, I just I, I think it's interesting how much we have symphony of the night and ocarina of time rounding out the bottom half of the top 10 and will likely drop below that at some point. Uh, that's, that is interesting to me. I, I also, I don't think shredders revenge is a better game than symphony of the night. So I, I, I disagree with that, Oof, but I, I do, I, you know, shredders you revenge, I enjoyed shredders revenge quite a bit while I was playing it, but it kind of left me cold in terms of my desire to go back to it. Um, mm. By contrast, and I'll, I'll someone, say that was, that was, and the episode that was kind of my conclusion with it too is that like yeah. yeah i felt like 
it was a great game, but I actually never felt driven to return to the game. Yeah. Yeah, it didn't get uh, as hooks in me at the same level that like Streets of Rage 4 did, which is not on here, but would be, right. be up the top in terms of beat-em-ups. Thoughts on Super Mario World? That uh, after working in the the MacGuffin of, you know, non-regular guests, which, sorry guys, you guys are regulars, uh, would get an extra vote on something they didn't vote on once in perpetuity. Uh, has both blasted uh, Breath of the Wild and Elden Ring above Super Mario World. Yeah, I think that's bullshit. Elden Ring <laughs> I think that's should not be that high. <laughs> Fuck that game. Uh, I think it's fine. I think Super Mario World probably still deserves to be higher, but also I think it, I think it's sitting up near the top is still where it belongs. Mm. Elden Fair Ring enough. will lose its shine through the years, I'm hoping. Fuck that game. <laughs> I think you're in the minority, man. Yeah, I know. I um, all right, so let's hop through these. Uh, the list has gotten large enough. I'm not going to read every entry. I'm just going to let you know where things fall. Um, and fall is a perfect example. This first one is at the bottom, right above ET, which is at number 26. In the number 25 spot, it is no surprise, Daydreaming Davy with a 2.84225. Uh, working our way up in the 22 spot, sandwiched above Aladdin for Super Nintendo and below Sonic the Hedgehog. I just think this is pretty fair. Uh, Plock yeah. with a 4.7975. <laughs> um, and then lastly, above the Crazy Taxis, but below TMNT, the arcade game, is Fighter's Destiny for the N64 with a 6.255. Uh, guys, with those three rankings, you can change your score on one of them once in order to either raise or lower the game. Where do you feel about these three games falling on the list? Honestly, pretty decent. I'll say I'm going to come out hot. I'm going to say I'm going to put Fighter's Destiny at 5.66. You want to raise it? Yeah, I'm going to raise Fighter's Destiny to 5.66. I hope that's enough. Oh, no, that probably isn't enough to bump it up. But, like, it's going to get a little bit higher. I don't think it deserves to be below the TMNT arcade game. Okay, so you want to bring it up to a five point six? You can you can go higher. Eh, try to mitigate. I, I don't have that strong of feelings about it. I'm just gonna give it a little tap. You just get just just, just, yeah. just a little just a little bump on the bottom. Uh, I say this becomes dangerous if you then say that it's better than God. Of <laughs> <laughs> my personal, I've already said it's better than God. That is true. Well, oh, more that's actually, yeah. score. Oh, God, that's a good um, point. But I will I will say that yeah, if that doesn't bump it up at all, uh, it just brings it to a six point three three seven five. Problem for me is I gave it pretty close to a seven, and I don't think it deserves a seven. Uh, but I it's could not probably... about, it's about where it is. Not about where you like. Do you think it deserves? You're right. A six you're point... right. You're right. Does it? What? What does it deserve to be on the list itself? Exactly. Um, I w- in that case, in, in the interest, I would give it a. I would bump it up to. I guess did I give anything, or maybe seven point oh one or something. Let me what check did I give a straight seven quick. to? You've given a seven point nine and a seven point four. Okay, uh, then I'll then I'll give a straight seven to Fighter's Destiny. Straight seven to Fighter's Destiny. So from a six point eight to a seven, which bumps it to a six point three eight seven five. Oh, still below TMT the arcade game. Louis, do you want to try your luck? 
Oh, I absolutely do because <laughs> the TMNT game. So, all right, maybe two points down for each of them was a bit hyperbolic. I'll stand by it for at least TMNT, the arcade game, and Hyperstone Heist. Fuck you. Um, <laughs> I, they're just they're not they're not Hyperstone good. You can't even argue that Hyperstone Heist is the rough draft of a better game because the better game exists <laughs> at the exact same time. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, I what I gave it 6. a point three four. Yeah, let me. I'll move that up then to like. Uh, let's it's a see, thin what line. I, what could maybe. Yeah. Where, where are we at? Where right yeah. now? Is that a, is that a? We've seen that bumping it to a seven still only gave it a six point three eight seven five, right? So it is a thin line between uh, TMNT at a six point four eight two two and God of War at a six point six two six seven two five. I think you have to raise yeah. yours, Louis, by an entire point. To get it up above TMNT with seven point three four, you think so? Yeah, because I'm. It, well, there are four of us, and so I'm pretty sure mm. that each vote. I mean, actually, I guess you could do uh, uh point eight. You could do point eight I... of a point. You yeah. can give it a solid eight if you want. No, 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 no. Take it, <laughs> if you take it to a seven point one, I think that'll do it. Oh man, um. I really don't want to do that. Though. <laughs> that doesn't. That doesn't. Well, you sit. know, no is just going to pull a... a plot and fucking up at the score there. So I'm. I'm actually not changing my score. I'm not mad oh, at where right. these things have fallen. Mm. I like. I, I might. You know I what? might play chaos and decide to drop Fighters Destiny back down. Actually, <laughs> and you know what? I. And this is this is my failing on me as a guest this time around. I didn't spend enough time with Fighters Destiny. I feel like too, as much as I would like to see it above TMNT, like I didn't I didn't spend enough time with it. I think to justify pushing it that much further. Like I could come back on the next episode and be like, shit, I fucked up. Like <laughs> I played it and now I think it's great. I don't have that internal knowledge base, and I have played the TMNT arcade game a shit ton of times. <laughs> um, in a way like where if I had to assign them numerical value, I'm going to I'm going to let it sit and I'm not going to be wild. But that's just going to continue to keep my belief that all of these turtle scores are wrong, which I think is more important than this <laughs> item being in the correct place on the list. I'm, I'm shocked at the lack of love for TMNT. I did not I did not expect that. I, I I don't know. I played Shredder's Revenge some. I thought it was fun. I really like Turtles in Time, but like I don't think that like to me it's wild that there's such a slight difference between super mario world and turtles in time yeah. two super nintendo games one of which i think is mountains better <laughs> than the other one in just about like every way um like i don't know like and i get maybe it's tough to compare them there's there's no reason it should it should be that oh, high i see it's like, recency it's, bias on uh, legend of zelda breath of the wild and elden ring I mean, I, I do think Breath of the Wild, I mean, you know, me as a famous not, like, huge Zelda fan, I don't know if I would say, like, it's the best game of all time. But I think... I mean, it's on the list as the best maybe, game of all time. Maybe Super Mario World is, like, it's like a top three Super Nintendo game for me. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Turtles in Time is not bad. Uh, and that's, that's all I'm going to say. Well, then, on that note... If, 
if you think I'm right, find the socials from the people that did that episode of Best Game of All Time and die. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Oh. I'm just kidding. Uh, please don't. Fighting <laughs> words. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> No, guys, we're going to lock the list in uh, etched in stone to maintain its place until I come up with some other MacGuffin to upend this entire <laughs> idea and podcast. Guys, thank you so much for chatting about these games. We do have one more in the bank. Uh, Patrick's mystery game that we'll discuss at the beginning of that podcast. It'll be good. But in the meantime, where can our lovely audience find you? Uh, they can find me under a cat. Uh, but no, also Twitter and Instagram, Patrick BC Malloy. That's M O L L O Y. Um, you can find me. I fully deleted my Twitter account. Uh, so you can find me yeah, at Mastodon uh, at tro <laughs> underscore Chelly at toot.community. Uh, the, the instance I'm on. Um, oh, although once Mastodon's you're on a, once you're on a server better. in Mastodon, you, you can just search for usernames. You don't have to search by weird instance or however, however that site runs but that's my primary social media platform now uh you can find me on instagram naked pictures of louis thomas you dm me there with your opinions about how i was wrong about things i promise i've got the time to fight you on them so <laughs> come get at me um if you like hearing me talk about uh, older games and you wish i would spend that time doing it when with one that was better you can also find me on a recent episode of replay values is it out okay oh great good yeah, that's right because i've listened um so you can... <laughs> perfect perfect uh you know you can find me there um and uh yeah have a blessed day thank you Larry, for yeah, plugging the podcast that pat and i failed to do um this was kind of a layup to get that out there but uh, if you guys want to talk briefly about replay yeah, yeah. values yeah, we talked uh, we can... about it at the top yeah it's a, exactly as as we've talked about it at the top. It's you know it's a podcast about how games can enrich our lives and and the memories associated with them. And Pat and I have been doing kind of a retrospective series on the Pokemon franchise. Uh, we've got a Tell couple them the more name of those that you came to up do. for the current one, Michael. Um, and then we did a very special current eventrospective on the uh, <laughs> new release Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. It was supposed to be a bonus episode, but it's our longest one yet. Uh, but I think, uh, but I think uh, maybe also uh, outside of maybe Louis Tangents into uh, fuckable Pokemon is also probably our best series set of material. Um, so looking for, so please uh, look for that anywhere you get your podcast replay values. Well, that was different. I'll be honest. When I went into this episode, I did not expect Block to rank so low, including with myself. I didn't expect myself to rank it as low as I did. I have such fond memories of this game and truth is it's not a bad game you look at reviews both past and present it's not a poorly reviewed game it is a testament of its time um and truth is how i feel about it before the podcast doesn't matter it's got its place on the list that's how i feel about it now it's how i feel about it it's how you feel about it it's how the world it's how universe it's, it's how time will remember these games but the important thing is that they will be remembered. They will not be lost to the annals of history, a footnote in an era. They will all hold some place, whether positive, like Fighter's Destiny, or whether it's in a daydream and daydream spot. It doesn't matter because we 
We have aligned it in place. The stone tablets have been etched, and we have taken them to Mount Sinai to have God's seal of approval. I'm pretty bad with the Torah, forgive me. Uh, So if you guys enjoyed this episode, if you guys enjoyed what we did here, and you're looking forward to Patrick's episode where we go into his game, then please be sure to follow this podcast on whatever podcast app you listen to. Be sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel so you don't miss it if you want to watch the video version there. We have a question of the month ready for you. And this one's an easy one. What is your did I make this up game? What is what is that one game that you've brought up to your friends? You've brought up to your loved ones and no one else seems to remember. That's so obscure, but for some reason it's etched in your brain. Go ahead. Leave it if you're on the YouTube channel in the comments below, or better yet, if you're listening to the podcast version, leave it as part of your review. Reviews truly help this out. Last month's question was, when is a game withholding too much information, and when is it hand-holding too much? No answers on that. That's fine. We're going a bit on a streak of not having answers to these questions. That's okay. You're a small audience. Some of you are shy. But you... Yes, you listening to it, if you haven't left a review yet and you're thinking, well, other people will, or I don't have the time, then you're missing out. You know that TikTok meme going on right now where it says, like, if I had all my followers give me a dollar, I could be a millionaire? Uh, I'm not asking for that. I'm not asking for that. I'm just asking for time. Time to write this podcast or review to let me know what you think. So not only have a question, the answer at the end of these, and this stops being an awkward begging scenario, but also because it helps us get into more eyes. That's right. You can help make this a success by just leaving a review. Next month, we have, uh, we're taking a break. We're not going into Patrick's Did I Make This Up episode then. We're going to actually take a month off and then come back to that the following month. But next month, we have a doozy. I am joined by the wonderful people of RNG and T. Uh, formerly a podcast, now a Twitch stream. They're going to sit down with me as we discuss two of the most influential games in the JRPG genre. Ones that to this to this day are still looked at as top of their class, despite any technical gameplay, uh, historical limitations. We are playing, reviewing, Rating and ranking, Chrono Trigger, and Final Fantasy VI to the biggest games. Quite like literally, maybe not in sales, but like literally biggest games to have come out for the Super Nintendo. The biggest stories. We're comparing them to each other and we're placing them on the list. Newsflash, gonna be a bit of a love fest, but to see where they actually land is going to be pretty interesting. So, Hang out, follow this podcast, subscribe, check it out. We will be there. Until then, thank you so much for listening. Be sure to stay cool, stay hip, stay heavy. The best game of all time is an independent production hosted, produced, and edited by Noah Waterman. Theme music by Peter Rowland. If you want to learn more, go visit www.thekaijulounge.com.